Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the planning committee meeting. Um, a few messages before we start. First of all, could I ask you to turn all your mobile phone or pages off or put them onto silent, please, because they do disturb the meeting if they start ringing in the middle. Now, today we are broadcasting the meeting, which we have done for the last few months. Um, members of the committee, can I remind you that to be heard on the broadcast, you need to remember to turn your microphones on when you're speaking. Um, and the other thing I need to remind you of is there's no fire drill organised for today, so if the bells go, it's for real. And if that happens, could you please make your way out of the exits marked for fire, down the stairs, and assemble in the courtyard outside the building. Now, could I have apologies for absence and declarations of... of declarations, please. And we have apologies for absence from Councillor Wales. Yes, and could I just add that poor Councillor Wells has fallen and broken her wrist. She hopes to be with us soon, but at the moment she's in quite a lot of pain. Um, so that is why she's not here. Right, Councillor Godwin. I would like to declare an interest as a member of Birchhunger Parish Council on uh, UTT 141903 Right, members, if you remember things during the meeting, please just indicate and we can take down your declarations of interest then. Um, minutes of the meeting held on the 20th of August 2014. Is it your wish that I sign these as a true record? Yes, please, Chair. Matters arising, I'll go through them paragraph by paragraph. PC 22, 23, 24, 25. Could I ask whether that has now gone off? Does any of the officers know whether this application to downgrade the byway has been submitted? Chairman, I don't actually know that. At this stage. Right, if somebody could just let me know I'll by get, email, yeah, please. Yeah. Thank you. And 26. Okay. Do we have any applications withdrawn? No, Chairman. Okay, fine. Then we will go on to the schedule. 
and we start with one of our site visits this morning, which was UTT 141069, Outline Planning, Stebbing. Uh, Mr. Brown, you're going to take us through this. Thank you, Chairman. A, a few housekeeping things first. First of all, um, that, and members would have... I think members raised, some members raised this on the site visit this morning. We have received um, representations regarding the protected verge uh, and noticed that the number of lesser calamint plants growing uh, separately on the common land verge in the front of four, four hill cottages. I think we actually stopped to look at the verge this morning to actually point that out. It was what we were looking at. Um, and uh, the, the issues are obviously they, that is a protected species in terms of, in terms of, in terms of ecology. Um, we feel that that is actually covered within the existing conditions. You'll see there's a mitigation condition within the recommendations. There's actually, if you like, to, to double, double protect that, there's also a, a condition on there regarding the means of access on terms of that site. So both, those, both when we're considering the ecology mitigation and when we're also considering the access issues, the calament issue will be sorted out in terms of both you know, reducing the impact upon the calament if, if, in fact, trying to avoid any impact on the calament. So that, that particular issue has been sorted out. Um, secondly, there was a... Uh, uh, we've had a further letter from the agents. Members may have picked up from some of the representations regarding the um, continued access from the track. Members, members thought there was a problem getting in the gate this morning, and it's, and it's done by a, uh, a combination lock. Um, there is a, a disabled person currently uses that to go through in terms of the neighbours and I think the agent alluded to that this morning that they've actually providing access at this stage for some residents through, through that access way through the um, combination lock and they've also, they've also expressed that when we go further on in should this be approved today and we have a detailed scheme that they've actually subject to grant of planning permission that is outlining status and supported by an initiative layout, the applicant is willing to meet with the local residents to consider a more formal arrangement in the context of the residential proposals for the site. So existing accesses will be sorted out between the applicants and the, and the residents <coughs> at a later stage. So members don't need to, to worry about that at this stage. There's one other item which I'll pick up when I go through my presentation that, that's currently update. Um, members visited the site this morning and we actually walked... We actually walked up the footpath to the side here and actually viewed the whole of the site from that particular site. Um, this particular part of the site must be pointed out. This particular site here is actually allocated within our draft local plan. Obviously, that has mineral status. Well, it has improving uh, status, but currently it has little weight in terms of that until we've had the examination project. That was actually identified within the draft local plan and is identified for 10 for 10 dwellings. What the proposal is, is to include this area here and to actually come up with a site of up to 30 um, with access through the existed gated access through here, which is through this particular application here. Uh, there was public consultations regarding this particular proposal and uh, there was, as you can imagine, some opposition from residents in these two areas of accessing the application through these areas, through the existing access roads. Um, so that is why we've, 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 the applicant has settled upon access through the existing gated access. Um, that actually shows an illustrative layout of how 30 dwellings could go on the site. Um, again, this layer has very little uh, status in terms, of, uh, in terms of should members approve outline today, but it does indicate that 30 dwellings could be easily accommodated on the site and uh, provide garden sizes of up to, up to our Essex design guide status as well as separation distances. 
Um, <clears throat> the applicant has actually provided um, a development in terms of providing bollarded accesses and coloured shared services access, which the local highway authority has raised concerns about. Um, it's actually not for this part of the application, um, the, the proposal. The means of access is not reserved, and that's it, how the access will actually be, be secured. In terms of the actual design of the access, that will be secured at the design stage, um, at the adoption section 38 stage, so it's not really for this, for this council to do. So what this is actually indicating is the applicant has, has agreed that um, he's actually they've actually provided two drawings um, that actually show the bollards not being there, but members don't need to worry about it. The bollards, and that has been raised, that has been raised by the parish council as well as being an issue, the, the bollard issue and the, and the, the separate colouring of the, of, the, um, of the road, this was actually... Uh, a tactile bollards and colouring of coloured servicing that has actually been withdrawn from the proposal but I've actually put, up, put it up to say to members it's actually been withdrawn but members may have seen that in some of the papers previously so that bit has not been secured at this stage but it's a section 38 issue um, that actually shows the, the mitigation site on the site as well um, in terms of I'm trying to see where we are reptile receptor site it's actually shown in purple here whereby some, some uh, I think they're slow worms, need to be taken off the site and rehoused elsewhere on the site as well. Um, the application is a, it's considered by members that it is within a, was considered by officers that it is in a sustainable location, the school is adjacent, so are the facilities within Stebbing, and it is considered an appropriate form of development. One matter that I also need to raise is many of the representations have raised about the issues at school drop-off time, both in terms of this is an indication of some of the cars that usually park there during school drop-off time, which is a current issue, and I should add it's not really for this particular development to try to address an existing problem. <clears throat> By having an estate road there serving 30 dwellings is not considered that in itself would contribute to this particular issue. Uh, and secondly, there was an issue raised about some younger children walking through the footpath link come flying up. The footpath we walked up this morning, uh, sometimes the children come out of that particular area, obviously running and excited, coming out, and you, if you have an estate road there, that potentially could cause a problem. That is not an issue for the, the Highway Authority, have no concerns regarding safety on that particular issue, uh, and so there are no matters raised regarding that particular matter. Just trying, whatever, this just shows more of the, the school issues and the settings of the site. Um, on that basis, Chairman, the application is recommended for approval. Thank you very much. Now we have some speakers who would like to address this. And the first one is Roger Bai. <coughs> if you would like to come and, come and sit at the table, if you could press the large button in the front, then the light should go on and you have three minutes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Right, good afternoon ladies and gentlemen. I'm generally here to object to this application. This major development will be in a type A village with minimal services. It will ruin the character of the village. Infilling would be a better idea. This is possible because there's been planning permission given to infilling Stebbing for at least seven houses in the area plus two in other areas. The development would use the present sewage system and it seems that this is already unable to cope. The water pressure in Stebbing is low and so a lot of extra houses in one conurbation would make the matter worse. 
The greenfield site that is under consideration for housing development holds a lot of water for this area and one must ask whether this increases the risk of flooding in this area. Despite certain surveys showing small or medium effect on the traffic movement caused by this development, in reality this movement would be greatly increased, especially during school term time. The development is the most dense part of the village, hence the volume of traffic is going to increase, especially we consider that on average each dwelling has two cars, hence an increase of 60 cars in the village in one area. Essex County Council stated recently that the school at present has too many pupils and the county intended to run the numbers down over the next five years. As the school is full, this would mean more traffic movement as the children in the new development would have to be shipped out to step into surrounding schools. The parking around the school is bad, especially during the beginning and end of school time. This parking and traffic movement means that there is an accident waiting to happen and this development would only make the situation worse. The traffic problem cannot even be alleviated by the bus service because in Stebbing this bus service is poor. Also house facilities are limited with no dentist or doctor near the village. Therefore I believe this application should be rejected but I appreciate that houses need to be built to alleviate the housing shortage and that some soon 2,000 of the district council revenue from the government will come from the building of houses in the district. Therefore, if the committee decide to pass this application, I believe that conditions should be, passed, should be placed on the acceptance of the application. One cannot expect historical problems in Stebbing to be addressed by the developers, but such a large development would increase or create certain problems, and the developers should be expected to help solve the problems. Many county agencies have suggested this. An example is a suggestion by Essex County Council that the developers should contribute towards the education facilities of the area. An example of this is that the developers should contribute to the addition of more permanent buildings for the schooling if extra pupils need to go to this school. Too many developers are allowed to build new houses and renee on conditions laid down under Section 106. I've just one line and I've finished. Hence, if the committee passes the application, the developers should be held accountable for improving certain facilities in Stebbing. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Now the next speaker we have, it's either Jane Goodwin or Sandy Murrayfield. Okay, if you'd like to come forward, that's the Parish Council. Thank you. Good afternoon. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sure that you've all read Stebbing Parish Council's submission regarding this application. From this you will realise Stebbing Parish Council has not objected to a development in Stebbing and has supported the development of part of this site to a maximum of 10 properties. However, we do have major concerns if permission is granted for 30 houses. Looking at the three strands of sustainable development, we consider that the economic role is only short term and only in regard to the construction phase of this development. In relation to the social role and accessibility, this is very limited in Stebbing. Bus services are not good and you would be misled if you believe the description of the bus services in this application. The officer's report states that there are few services in Stebbing apart from a community shop, a pub, church, village hall. Residents have to travel for doctors, dentists. But it states that a contribution of in the region of £188,000 outweighs all of these. We do not agree. 
In relation to this, as we know, Stebbing School is oversubscribed and school places lag behind the building of, of properties. So where do the children go? It is already unfair that reception-aged children have to travel on buses to go to school. We do not want this to happen. Another major concern is access to the site. Whilst we agree there are existing parking issues, this, they will be exacerbated by this development. As you are aware, the access is via a narrowing cul-de-sac already, already heavily parked, particularly at school time. Children, and I know it's already been um, said it's not a problem, but children will be forced to cross the entrance to the development where they now have a safe route to school. Um, in the LD, the LD plea um, in the Little Development Plan, um, we know you have a, um, a supply already, have 6.2 years supply. Um, so under that, you have no onus under the NPPF to have take any more um, development. So we feel there is no justification to have a windfall site, which this development would be, especially as permission has already been given um, for five more houses at Brown End. This development of 30 houses not only encroaches on the countryside, but and one of the few elm trees that survive the ravages of Dutch elm disease will fall prey to the access requirements of this site. You've all, we've already mentioned the calament, which we've been told will be looked after. Therefore, Stebbing Parish Council respectfully ask you to reject this application for outline planning permission. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it was doing. Yes. Um, right, those are all the speakers. Before I open it up to the committee, could I just ask, Water, we've had comments back from Thames Water Sewage. Could you, do you wish to make any comments? Because it was highlighted that there were problems with sewage. <coughs> The issue is over uh, foul water capacity. It's not really for the planning authority because it's, it, is, um, it is the responsibility, if it's on sewage, for the sewage undertaker to take the responsibility. And if it's not, then there needs to be a suitable form of on-site drainage uh, system where, where there are societies of drainage. And I think stepping is off drains, isn't it? Or is it? I can't recall whether Stebbing's off. Yeah, I don't think it, it, there is a different, is, is, is it either way the matter is situated. If it's on, it is the statutory undertaker in terms of Anglian Water to take the responsibility and the developer to pay for it if that requires uh, an increase in capacity. If it's a private sewer system, then that is an acceptable way forward and that needs to be carried out in accordance with, uh, there needs to be a burner regular application to submit for a private sewage water system and that needs to be up in terms of to actually the outfall from the clean water from that sewage water system needs to be appropriate. So either way, the sewage system would be appropriate and we've got no objections from the statutory undertakers or from the Environment Agency whose concerns would be if, if, there, was an, if there was too much outflow from the particular site. And uh, Essex County Council Education Department have asked for contributions, I seem to recall.
not only is it a case of the, the financial contributions which the county have sought, we've actually tried to burrow in a bit further in terms of what the county are actually requesting, what the situation is in Instebing. And what they've actually come back to us and said is Stebbing Primary School uh, currently has six class bases on site. However, two of these class bases are temporary class bases and one of the school's class base hosts an early years provision. The school site is also difficult being on two different levels. The net capacity of primary school is calculated on the basis of the number and size of spaces designated as class spaces. However, this is checked against the total usable space available in the school to ensure there is sufficient non-teaching space, such as library hall, music space, staff room and storage, to support the core teaching activities and to accommodate pupils with special educational needs or disabilities. Although the five class spaces would normally provide up to 150 places, it is not possible for the existing accommodation to manage this number of pupils due to the deficiency in ancillary accommodation. So therefore we've got enough class space, but we haven't got enough ancillary space to support what's required for those spaces. As a consequence, the school's net capacity figure has been set at 105 places with a published admission number of 15. In May of the summer term 2013, the school had 130 pupils on roll, which was in excess of the school's assessed NAC capacity of 105 places. The local authority is planning to manage number, numbers downward over the next five years, although this may prove difficult if there's further housing development in the school's area. The county has asked for a developer contribution for primary provision if the development is granted planning permission. This would use either to provide the school with some more ancillary accommodation to enable to manage a higher pupil numbers or the replacement of the school's temporary accommodation with permanent bills. So it's more than just providing classrooms, it's providing ancillary so those classrooms can be used to their better capacity. So, I think that sort of indicates, and I think we'll try to do this for future cases, where there is, there's some science behind the actual financial contributions so they know what's going on in the ground. Members, open to you. Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Does the uh, conditional number four cover the preservation of rare trees, specifically the elm tree, which I noticed on the way in? It doesn't make any particular mention of it, but I think it ought to be specified. It's, it's, that is specifically ecology rather than existing landscaping. Um, and yeah, so you'll see from the, the mitigation behind that, because there is mitigation for, I think it is slow rooms on the site or grass snakes, it's one of those two. In order to enhance that, there's an improvement of the hedge grows required as part of the enhancement scheme, but doesn't specifically mention trees because the tree issue is not... I know it is ecology, but it's not for this purpose, for the mitigation of ecology on the site. It doesn't include the elm trees. Right, Chairman, in that case, if we're mindful to approve it, then I will yeah. agree approval, provided that elm tree has a preservation order on it. Are you proposing approval, then? Yeah, OK, fine. I, with respect, I don't think it's this... this I don't think it is us, this committee, to actually designate things to be a tree preservation order. That would need to be properly assessed by um, the council's tree officer in order to assess it through the necessary test, because there is a level of test that you need to go through before you can actually preserve a tree. You can ask him to look at it, yeah. But also all trees would be... I know there is an issue with regarding this, and we, we know I'm trying to... This application is an outline application with only access committed. One of those reserve matters is landscaping that hasn't been committed as part of this application. So when we, if members approve this today, 
there will be a landscaping submission as part of the detailed application which will include which trees are to be retained and which trees are being to be removed. What one can do there is put an informative to the landscape officer to ask him to look at the tree as they are a rare breed these days. Um, I want to do that. Right, so you were not proposing at this particular moment. Okay, could I have anybody else who wishes to speak on this, please? <coughs> Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. Condition 11, I wonder if that goes far enough with regard to the off-site problems we've already got with builders' material, builders' vehicles adding to the influx of people going to collect their children in the area. I wonder if it could be that the junction is and the road beginning is done first so that on-site vehicles can then go off-road. I wonder if we can tighten that condition. Yes, this is done in other places where we can we make sure that the, the roads are put in before the houses start to build so that the contractors can go straight in and not be parked. Uh, can you... Or can we put, if it's not in this condition, can we have another condition that would deal with that? I believe it's construction traffic. But it's a bit more than that. It's actually putting in the feeder road, it's putting in the, the proper roads to a certain level. We, did it in a, we do it on large developments. Let's cover that, to be honest, Chairman. It says, prior to commencement on the site, the provision of access to the site shown in principle, and as a drawing number, details to be submitted to an approved and right by the local prior to the commencement of development, the approved scheme of the workshop. Yes, so therefore that would mean prior to any development on the site, that we need to um, provide... I think that would do the job. Can we make sure of that? Because I think that that alleviates an awful lot of problems if we're minded to approval, if we can get all the construction traffic off any road that goes straight in and work. I know, because I've got a development in my village at the moment, and if you can get them out of the traffic it makes a huge difference. I think what I could suggest is because there is you know there's no dodge in the fact that the, 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 the construction traffic on here would have an impact regarding the school around it I don't think you can argue that I don't think that, so I think you could put a construction management plan condition on it saying prior to development a construction traffic management plan which includes where they put the compound and all that. It's not always necessary, but I think because of the relationships on this particular site, it may be something that members wish to put on. Yes, please. I'd be happy with that. I don't think we need to consider a grampian condition, but I think that as long as that is enforced or put in clear terms, that's sufficient. Well, my query is really about the uh, rare flower strip. Is I note that a barrier is to be put in place, but it's right by the entrance. Can I ask that the barrier is not one which is easily moved, knocked down, like a wire fence or something, you know, like a tennis court fence around it, would protect it better than just, say, you know, a, an ordinary red and white style barrier which we see everywhere? Because if it is so important and that entrance is narrow, then I think we need to do something to protect it. I think, well, the, the applicant's agent's here, and uh, we can certainly take note of that as well. So if you want that to be put on as a, as a further informative to inform the condition, we can do that as well. So an informative regarding that. 
It is quite. It has survived, and there's a lot of people coming through yeah. the bridal way. But it is an important part, and we wish to, to yeah. yes, if we're um, minded to approve. Yeah. As I said earlier, there's two conditions: one about the ecological mitigation, and one about the access issues. And mm. to cross-pollinate between the two of them is, is quite important. So an informative maybe would helpful in Thank terms you. of that basis. Right. Councillor Hicks. <laughs> Thank you, Chairman. Um, it seems to me that this is a site which has um, uh, had a lot of thought put into it. It was um, in the original Schmarp Agreement and native land for development. I'm quite but that size and the additional uh, part, which is. Uh, been added to the development to make to arrive at the present application seems to me to fit in pretty well with what's already there and what is um, proposed in the first part of the application. So um, I, I, w I really do feel that um, I'd like to use this for approval. Um, it, uh, We've seen the site today, and, we've, and, and I think it fits in pretty well with plans. The, I, the parish council, I think, I, they have actions on certain grounds, I know, but at the same time, I think, in principle, they accept that it's, it is a suitable place for development, given God. So I'd like to propose acceptance approval for this application. Fine. Do I have a seconder for that, please? Thank you, Councillor Gobbin. Are the proposer and seconder um, um, okay with accepting the fact that we're going to send an informative with regard to the, um, the tree um, and another one? Uh, yes, would you like to I go think, through the I extras? Think the three please? issues were a, to notify the Council's tree officer regarding the elm tree. Secondly, a construction management condition and thirdly, a further informative to make it quite clear in terms of the, the colour mint and the issues regarding the access and safeguarding areas on that. It has been proposed and seconded for approval. Nobody else has indicated they wish to speak, so all those in favour, please show. Uh, are you any against? One. One against, and that is all of us. Could somebody get Councillor Cant, please? Oh. While we're just waiting for Councillor Cant, members, can I remind you that you have got the extra information we asked for with regard to markets? Walk Saffron Walden in front of you on the table. Can you make sure you've read it before we start the next item? Thank you. Next item is UTT 141108 Saffron Walden, and this one was the, the uh, item that we deferred from the last meeting. Thank you, Chair. Prior to this meeting, I think uh, 
Um, a supplementary representation, uh, representation has been distributed to members, I believe. The application site, as I said earlier on, is within the Safra Ward in Tower Centre, marked in red there. And uh, it's not a listed building, but it's within a conservation area. The issue here will be whether the proposed development is acceptable or the change of use is acceptable, uh, having marketed that site for more than 12 months. Evidence of the marketing strategy has already been distributed to members. The issue regarding uh, any nuisance from the ventilation ducting was correctly addressed last time and the environmental health officer have decided to uh, update the condition in order to mitigate those nuisances. And those conditions have already been presented to you this afternoon. Another issue raised by this particular application is to do whether it's going to adversely affect traffic in terms of delivery services. Again, this afternoon, I presented to you that the applicant confirmed that they will use cars for deliveries as they will use local car park much of the time as well as an on-street spaces when there are no restrictions. Having evaluated all the planning issues and balance, it is my opinion that this application is recommended for approval subject to the recommended planning condition. Thank you. Thank you. Now we have the agent who would like to speak, Mr. Fergus Sykes. Mr. Sykes, are you with us? So there is nobody that wishes to speak. Okay, right. Thank you. Right, members, I'll open it up to you. Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. I'm very disappointed to see that the issue regarding access has not been properly addressed. There is nothing in the report that takes into consideration deliveries to the site, deliveries from the site, or their vehicles where they'll stand before delivery. We all know the area, or the local members do particularly, it is opposite the fire station, it is next to a crossing, and we know that people will not walk. And to say in the report that enforcement will be conducted by parking wardens is ludicrous. They do not operate 24 hours a day. The fire service does. This is dangerous, and I would like to propose that we refuse this on access grounds and on conservation grounds. Gen 1 and the MV1. So you're proposing refusal? Do I have a seconder from that? Could I please... Uh, you had your hand up next. Do you wish to speak now? Now? Okay, fine. Councillor Mackman, are you next to speak or are you just for secondary? Okay. Somebody else like to speak about this? It's recommended for approval. It has been... Uh, it's, it, it, the report is for approval. It has been proposed refusal on Gen 1 and which I think it will be a good idea if we read out Gen 1. Yeah, just let, we're going to read out those two policies and then you're next. Yeah.
You can have Gen 4 as well. Right, Gen 1 is development will only be permitted if it meets all the following criteria of access. It's access, it's the one obviously. It's access to the main road network must be capable of carrying the traffic generated by the development safely. The traffic generated by the development must be capable of being accommodated on the surrounding transport network. The design of the site must not compromise road safety and must take into account the needs of cyclists, pedestrians, public transport users, horse riders and people whose mobility is impaired. It must be designed to meet the needs of people with disabilities if it is development to which the general public expect to have access and the development encourages movement by means other than driving a car. Obviously, well, that's what Gen 1 says, but members need to consider bearing in mind what the Highways Authority have said, whether that's a sustainable refusal reason. Um, what other you are also suggesting M EMV4. MV1 or MV1. GM4. Right, MV1, which is designed to development within conservation areas. The site lies within the conservation area, so. And that particular development will be permitted where it preserves or in where it preserves or enhances the character and appearance of the essential features of conservation area, including plan form, relationship between buildings, the arrangements of open areas and their enclosure, grain or significant natural or heritage features. It talks about outline applications, which isn't, isn't relevant here. Um, development including the demolition of a structure, which this doesn't include here either. So it's particularly it's the preserving and enhancing within the conservation area issues. That's the two that you've raised. And Gen 4 as well. And Gen know. 4, which is good neighbourliness. Yeah. Which is development and uses, whether they involve the installation of planting machinery or not, will be not to be permitted where noise of vibration generated or smell, dust, light, fumes, electromagnetic radiation, exposure to other pollutants will cause material disturbance or nuisance to occupiers of the surrounding properties. Um, that's the three conditions. Okay. I think members need to be mindful of the professional advice we receive from our highway authority and from the environment agency and from our conservation officer. And so, so members just need to be mindful of that. Right, the next speaker is Councillor Eden. Um, thank you. Yeah. Right, thank you very much. Um, the, this is being recorded, so it's important to get the facts straight. Um, I did ask about the business model uh, in the sense of was this a place where you picked the merchandise up uh, and drove home quickly while it was still hot or was it to be delivered? We've had confirmation that it will, that a delivery service will be provided. So we have, in my view, two separate issues. One is people who come to collect their merchandise. Um, they, they will never be able to park outside because it's a, a zebra crossing. Um, so there will never be an occasion where they can park outside. Indeed, uh, if you were then looking at having your merchandise delivered, the delivery vehicle 
could also not park outside at, at any stage. So, they, so that precludes anyone parking outside. It is possible, and from this illustration you can see the couple with the pram, they are in uh, Market Row, and there is uh, parking there after 6 o'clock. Uh, but this uh, um, operation is from 11 o'clock to 11 o'clock, so half of its operating period, um, you would not be permitted to uh, have vehicles taking goods away, but you would be able to deliver because there is a loading bay. So you could, so deliveries can be met because there is a loading bay. That loading bay would not be permitted, I, don't, I can't see, for cars using it to, to provide deliveries. Because bear in mind, this operation won't have its own vehicles. It uses uh, um, temporary labour uh, to provide uh, deliveries. Um, so I have this concern about uh, the, the public wanting to pick up their merchandise and being unclear other than the evenings where the, the uh, East Europeans who come to collect the pizzas to deliver them, where they would park. This notion of a car park is interesting because Waitrose is sort of just across the road, but of course it won't be there uh, in December for 12 months. Um, so the nearest place you could park is the common car park. A and I just think it's impractical to have a business model that requires hot food to be collected or delivered, and the nearest place you can park is 360 yards away. Uh, it just seems uh, unrealistic. Uh, and I'm surprised the officers have recommended it because they just haven't considered the practicalities of each of the steps of the business model. Uh, and um, I'm not sure what, uh, what um, uh, piece of uh, planning legislation covers it, but at a practical level, I just can't see why we should be approving something knowing the aggravation it's going to give us in a whole number of directions. And quite what Mr Brown might want to comment uh, on how we manage that aggravation, because if we approve this as exactly as it is, there will be aggravation uh, with absolute certainty. This will be in the papers on a regular basis. So I would just like Mr Brown's guidance on what it is that we are missing if we know that the largest town in South and Warren is going to have this on a regular basis uh, with problems with parking and delivery. Mr Brown. First of all, it shouldn't be lost. This is a town centre, and this type of proposal is what you would consider a town centre activity. Um, the issue regarding, first of all, adjacent car parks, yeah, Waitrose car park is going to be closed and it's going to be closed for a period. It's not going to be closed forever. Um, if members approve Domino's today, it won't be there tomorrow either. So therefore, the bottom line is there is a... Uh, but in the long term, there will be facilities within the town centre where people will be able to park. For a big chunk of that time, it will be outside of normal office hours. There's also been talk about enforceabilities of double yellow lines. Fully appreciate, um, I think the, the traffic wardens do a blitz now and again, and that's it. Um, but the fact is, that is for another place. There is an existing problem of people parking illegally on double yellow lines within, within Saffron Ward, and that is a general problem with, that, with our town centre here. And so therefore, but that is not for this, this application needs to, okay, in a way, naively assume that the, the rules of the road are properly adhered to. And one of those rules of the road is there is an enforceability of traffic wardens. That is for another place in terms of the issues regarding the town centre. So, in a nutshell, I think all the matters you've just raised in terms of those, I don't think there is anything in planning legislation because you need to consider it's a town centre activity and town centre activities happen. You've got other activities like this within the town as well. Now, they may be causing problems and so therefore they need to be solved as well, but it's, it's a town centre activity and I think members shouldn't lose sight of that, but it's for members' judgment, obviously.
Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. As this is being recorded, I <coughs> would like to make the comment that I think it's unfortunate that the nationality or otherwise of any delivery driver has been mentioned. I think that's uh, appalling. Um, it's a shop. Hill Street is full of shops. They get delivery of stock. They get customers coming picking up their business. Um, I can't see anything that we've got in front of us. That, I mean, the business model is dominoes. If, if it doesn't work, then dominoes will leave town. So I have no objection to this. Councillor Mellon. Thank you, Chairman. I have a problem with Gen 1 and access because pre the previous um, owner of this uh, dwelling was a florist. So people stopped and got their flowers and flowers got delivered. So that hasn't really changed. But one thing that has been changed by the Environmental Health Officer is the hours of opening. And I think that affects Gen 4 and good neighbourliness and I wonder why he's changed that and extended the hours because it is a residential area there are flats and apartments very nearby so I don't think that seems to be such a good idea Councillor Godwin My concern is this is just out by a, uh, a controlled crossing and I know what happens with crossings like that people do park on them. I know they shouldn't, but they do. And even despite the fact that it's a three-point uh, penalty fine, I think we're actually allowing something in a very dangerous place. I would also like to know what they, who occupies the upper stories, because I think we tried to touch on this last time, but it is those people who will have the brunt of the fumes and all the other nasties and the late-night activity. Thank you, Councillor. The upper floor is currently vacant, and um, the useful use probably will be for office or residential in future, depending. But at the moment, it's vacant. Uh, the next person is Councillor Kant. Um, thank you, Chairman. My, my question was the same. What are the upper floors of all of these buildings used for? because I think there is, uh, although I, I can hear what, um, what Nigel Brown is saying in terms, uh, and what Councillor Ranger is saying, is that all of these are shops, but most of them are the sort of places that you take a shopping basket to and you wander around the shop next door. I've been into myself as a curtain shop, and you know, it's the sort of place you wander around with a shopping bag, picking up the odd bits and pieces from some very attractive shops. If it were for a pizza restaurant, then I don't think there would be a problem because, again, people would park in the car parks, they would do their shopping and probably stop from a, for a pizza or something on the way. This is different. It is a takeaway, and I do have concerns. I have concerns in terms of noise and disturbance if, if the upper floors of these buildings are residential. Uh, and I don't care how good your filtration system is, you do get smells. And I think as you're wandering around the town, you know, it, they are quite unpleasant. Um, so I also have concerns. 
And I know someone said to me, um, mentioning no names, that he couldn't remember ever seeing anyone regulating the traffic in Saffron Walden. And so I do have concerns about if people do um, decide to park there, that in actual fact, you know, they will, they will get away with it and that will encourage more people to park. So I do have concerns purely and simply because it is a takeaway rather than a restaurant with all the... And I know if I were collecting food, I wouldn't actually go to somewhere where I had to walk all the way from the car park down to the shop and then all the way back with hot food and then get into a car and drive somewhere else. It, it, doesn't, seem, it doesn't seem like a practical solution to me. And it is one of the, quite, one of the more attractive modern <coughs> buildings, I think, along that road. Um, I mean, can we do anything to... I mean, are they going to put huge signage up, for instance? Because I think, again, the building as it stands is quite simple. And it was presumably specially designed because the flowers used to be under the archways. Whereas now what you've actually got, compared to the building next door, is a lot of wasted space because um, in the building next door those archway things are actually filled in with windows. So I, I just, it doesn't seem to me like a good use of that particular space. What we must remember is we're determining this on planning reasons and we mustn't get too bogged down with others. I mean, town centres have takeaways. We've become a modern society where people don't actually cook, they take away. And, and they take away hot and probably reheat it when they get back. Um, the next person is Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Um, well, I'm, there's two points. Firstly, uh, going to Gen 4. It isn't just parking because on a takeaway, uh, and it is until 11 o'clock at night, and does that include Sunday? Can I just... Because it says 11 uh, from Monday to Sunday. So it would include a Sunday. Well... Uh, well, in my experience, people that go to takeaways are very often young people, and I'm not being disparaging to young people. They do tend to congregate, and they laugh, and they do things that young people do, and um, that could be disturbing to uh, local people. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that, that could happen, and that is not good neighbourliness when you've got kids laughing and joking, or anybody. You could have pensioners laughing and joking. Um, so I, I think that that's not actually a very good place to be. And also the second one, it says if the approved equipment becomes inadequate because of changes in the cooking operations uh, and on the premises, details of new and modified equipment shall be submitted to and approved in writing by the local authority. Well, who is going to police that? Is the enforcement officer going to go down regularly to make sure they're complying with the cooking conditions or... Or, or whatever, and I, I, so yeah. Well, I mean, do we do we do that throughout the district to see if the way they're cooking has changed? Is that very time-consuming and very expensive? I don't know if you can answer that. Yeah, me. we have a team that basically do food hygiene. Yeah, no, but there's the same check. They, that each individual food premises has to have a, as a particular license for their own food hygiene, and as a result of that, things are also picked up if there's any issues regarding um, smells coming out from the premises. Um, if smells are coming out from the premises and there's issues regarding that, then environmental health would actually pick up nuisance issues. What this actually does is if you have a... We don't want the argument, you've got a pizza place here 
and because of the cooking processes have changed, we therefore are justified in having, and this is more an impact on the conservation area issue, we, we would need to double-check both those. First of all, that they work from an environmental health viewpoint, and secondly, they're appropriate within the conservation area. Uh, and that's what that particular condition. So it doesn't ha it's self-policing in reality in, what, in terms of what actually happens. Uh, we have a takeaway in our village and uh, environmental health come, come, come down and regularly check. In fact, on the back of one of those inspe inspections, they put a whole new um, system in for filtering and, uh, and those that were complaining before were very happy with it. So, yes, it does. It does work. Uh, Council Manel. Can I just have clarification on Mrs. Bosworth's comments? Because she seems to have um, left it entirely to us about the design. Uh, said it's just a planning matter, but yeah. is that just chickening out of a comment? <laughs> and and the other um, and is the other point? So, well, sorry, I'll take that back. Um, <laughs> condition three. Um, could you comment on that? Because there's suggestion for change from the environmental health people. In terms of design, Councillor, uh, this application took almost, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two months negotiating within our conservation officer. The original um, elevation was re actually refused, and they came back and updated it in, with the correspondence with our conservation officer, and um, she guided them up to that level and became acceptable, and she withdrew her objection. Right, and I have Councillor Hicks who wishes to come back. Oh, oops. No, I haven't forgotten you. Now, in terms of condition three, um, it is my personal view from experience not to uh, allow this sort of uh, use very late in the evening. And take, for example, rather than the 11 p.m., we could, members could consider bringing it down to probably 10 and control the hours of operation during weekends because from experience again that's where most local residents nearby have full-time hours in their respective homes in order to minimize that nuisance now again based on that experience the applicant will come back in two years time and said okay it's not viable for us can we vary this condition but during that period in time the environmental health have a privilege monitoring that site in terms of any nuisance, taking a phone call, making a recording note. When they come back in two years' time, we could decline that variation of condition. So those that, that's, that is the, another method of met monitoring this sort of use. By receiving complaints from adjoining occupiers, recording it to, I mean, uh, the environmental health will be taking those records for roughly two years. And when the applicant normally comes back to vary those conditions, because we now have an evidence, we would say, I'm sorry, we cannot, based on A, B, C, D. Right. Uh, Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I think I come back to the fact that this um, is a town centre operation. Um, I live fairly near the Dunmo High Street, um, which has um, several um, food um, takeaways and restaurants, various types of food outlet and uh, in where I live which is the, a parallel street to the high street I do get cooking smells occasionally and I, I, I 
but I don't complain about it because I think that's what you expect in this sort of situation. So, um, I, in my view, it's uh, not totally unreasonable to have uh, um, a fast food outlet of this kind in, in the town centre. A lot of the arguments I'm hearing from fellow councillors are really um, commercial arguments that the proprietors of this business have to take into account in making a decision whether they want to be there or not. And, and you have to leave those decisions, commercial decisions, to the people involved. I don't think we can make those decisions for them, nor, nor is it our place really to advise them on where they should conduct their business, provided it is um, uh, not uh, a problem for neighbours and uh, the people in the surrounding area. So um, my view is that uh, I, I can't see anything intrinsically wrong with this application. Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I'm not going to talk about smells. They do happen. What I would like to say, though, is start off by saying um, the report from the uh, planning officer about whether the, the property has been marketed or not. Um, it's fairly thorough. It's not terribly accurate, though, because the reason that the flower shop moved is because the lease, ex lease expired and they couldn't afford the new one. That's a commercial decision which they had to take to move to a smaller premises because they couldn't afford the lease. That's the reason why the shop... It's, it's, it's not... It's not uh, been demonstrated to my eyes that the proposed site is not, a viable, not viable as a retail shop. It is viable as a retail shop. It's just that the rates that are wanting to be charged on it are exorbitant, as a lot of the properties are in the town. So people like Domino could afford to come to the town. That's one thing. Um, the officer made mention of public transport again. I mentioned it last time, and I'll mention it again. People eat pizzas from, say, 4.35 o'clock on. To my experience, that's when the one further along the same road does most of its business. The one, incidentally, which has parking 50 metres away in the common car park. Oh, and incidentally, when Waitrose is open, the car park for Waitrose is 200 and odd yards away. Also a decent walk. But the officer makes comment about public transport. The last bus around that area, 5 o'clock. 510, uh, 550, uh, and these go to one place in Saffron and then carry on, and so on. Last bus 550, 545, and there's one at 555 that goes just to Seward's End. Great. I mean, that's a fallacious argument as far as I'm concerned, and we won't have any more of it. The, um, the other thing is parking. Parking enforcement officers seem to stop work about 6 o'clock the latest. Park possibly 5 o'clock. People buy pizzas from 5 o'clock onwards. There's nobody going to give them a ticket. There's nobody going to stop them parking there. It won't happen. If you think this is still an argument, who gives the parking tickets to Calzoni who park on double yellow lines further up the road? Nobody. They don't get them. They, they are parked there from, I don't know, half past nine onwards. I live 20 yards away. I know. Um, so that is also a fallacious argument. won't hold water. The other thing is the 
the report talks about reduction in um, retail food premises will not be sorry retail premises will not be affected we're not talking about the reduction retail premises we're talking about the reduction or the increase in food takeaway premises now one of the reasons why um, Sainsbury's was not permitted many moons ago was because it could affect the central core of the town insofar as Waitrose was concerned therefore one of the major reasons for refusing it was because Waitrose business would be affected. If Domino's came to this town, Calzone, who have been there for a few years now, would probably go out of business because they're the identical business. So it's a question of the, the figures um, improving for a while, but then reducing because one business has gone out of, out of, out of the wall. To the wall. Um, that's about it. Chairman, you'll be pleased to hear. The um, main point is that uh, parking is not going to be adhered to. And as far as environmental one is concerned, there was a comment that Janet made, which I'd like to reiterate, from the Conservation Officer. The revised scheme has been considered by the Conservation Officer, who commented that the final decision should be based on planning assessment. In other words, she still doesn't like it. You can't say that to yes, Councillor East Ham. You can. You, can't, you are on record, exactly and I'd be saying. very Jonathan's careful right. about putting words into the conservation uh, office. She's being polite. Mouth. Thank you, Chairman. Can I please just add that I can assure you that the parking partnership has been down and ticketed people after six six thirty because I happened to be in Suffern Walden when it happened. Until so, until Mr. eleven o'clock, Chairman. Uh, first, two issues. First of all, you raised the issue about the Sainsbury's issues in terms of edge of town, out of town, uh, and impact upon it. It's not the impact on Waitrose, it's the impact upon the vitality of the town centre. That's what it boils down to. And so therefore, when you're talking about activities within, any activity within the town centre, it's competition. And so therefore, you're not really concerned about individual operators. And if you remember the last presentation that Emmanuel did at the last committee meeting, the, the agents had done quite a, a detailed analysis of what the use, land uses were. You are, you, we have got a healthy town centre within Saffron Warden. It is not dominated by takeaways. You have, we have a lot of retail outlets, a lot of service areas, as well as takeaways. And the balance is about right, and it wouldn't be knocked out of kilter by this other, by, by additional one. But members need to take that view. I think... And also, I need to also clarify the issue about the conservation officer. That is the judgmental part of the proposal. Um, you have technical advice from the Highway Authority, for which we will be in very dodgy ground if we refuse it for those particular reasons. And secondly, you've got some very technical um, comments from our environmental health officer. And similarly, if you consider that to be a proposal, there is general annoyance to general disturbance issues. That is something that is a judgmental issue. And I think what Barbara, Conservation Officer, is saying is not that she doesn't like it. She's saying it is for the planning judgment to be made. This is, you know, if you like, it's probably going to have a neutral effect. That, but that's not necessarily means she doesn't like it. Do you have anything else to add, Councillor Perry? Otherwise, I'm going to go to the vote on this one. Very, very quickly, Oh, oh sorry, I'm, I've forgotten for Councillor Ranger. Go on, continue. Sorry, I thought I had the last as I proposed it, but never mind. Okay, all right. The point I wanted to make is that the shops along there, the majority of shops in that vicinity are nine to five operation and don't go beyond that. The other shops are further back. 
There are five takeaway outlets in that small area and this will be one step too far. The fact that we talk about parking, but parking can be obstruction of the highway and obstruction of the fire tenders as they try and come out. Obstruction is a police matter and they consider this low priority, four to six hours before they can get to any scene. That would result in potentially the death of somebody because the fire service can't get out. So I stand by my refusal and I ask for it to be put to the vote. First of all, before we go to the vote, um, I will. I'm sorry, I missed out Councillor Ranger, so therefore I do need him to be able to speak. Thank you, Jim, for allowing me to come back. Um, I would just like to be reminded why this was deferred in the previous instance. It was, as I believe, for marketing evidence and environment health comment. And uh, we, to my mind, we've had both of those quite satisfactorily. Um, we've spent probably twice as long on this. Point of order, Chairman. We were told once we deferred this, there was no further discussion last time. We never discussed anything. Councillor Easton, do let me do my job. I was going to come back and say that in a moment, but let Councillor Ranger finish his flow of voice. Yes, and, and on that point, we do defer things too early sometimes. Um, but uh, the point I was going to make is we've spent twice as long over one delivery service, primarily food outlet, than we did over 30 houses. It's a shame. Right, we did come back. You were completely correct. We came back to discuss it. Once you have deferred something, you cannot talk about it. We have got to the stage now where it has been recommended for a refusal. All those in favour, please show. Oh, the, oh, hang on a minute. Can we just, need to clarify. Can I just refuse. clarify what we're refusing it on, just so before we go to the vote? So, I, I, can I go? Are you putting Gen the traffic one. reason on? Gen 1 access. General access. Gen 4. Gen 1. Gen 4. EMV 1. Right. And that's the traffic one, correct? Yep, mostly. That's traffic, good neighbourliness, and <coughs> conservation error, isn't it? All those in favour, please show. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Those against? <coughs> 1, 2, 3. Those abstaining? Two. Two abstentions, it has been refused. Right, we will now go on to the next, which is, the next application, which is UTT 140425, Great Chesterford. And Mrs. Shoesmith, you're going to take us through this. That one. Okay, yes, fine. Sorry, I hope you feel better soon. Are you all right to drive home, Councillor? Okay. Thank you, Chairman. Members' attention is drawn to the um, circulated um, amended heads of terms. Um, unfortunately, I didn't put the reference number to the application, so it's one that <laughs> is unidentifiable. Un <laughs> so I do apologise. Um, the application site is located northeast of Rookery Close and Bartholomew Close. Um, 
located here, and southeast of the Willows. The application site forms the remainder of the draft allocation um, within the draft local plan, which planning permission was recently granted um, for 50 dwellings. The applications for outline planning permission for the erection of up to 14 dwellings with all matters reserved, um, thereby only the principle of the development being for consideration. The application site as a whole, um, as uh, previously stated, is the balance of um, the draft allocation site, um, of which comprises an area of 0.45 hectares. With the proposal of up to 14 dwellings, this um, equates to a density of 30 dwellings per hectare. Whilst all matters are reserved, the proposed number of dwellings and where the access is taken is therefore flexible. The officer's report highlights the, case, uh, the applicant's case and relevant policies. Also on page 45 to 51 of the officer's report, representations that have been received, including statutory consultees, um, are outlined. Since the writing of the report, an additional representation has been uh, received, um, again raising um, highway concerns. The officer's report concludes that the application site is sustainable and accords with the MPPF in terms of its locality and accessibility to services. Whilst the access is a reserve matter, um, and this has been raised as a concern by third parties, highways have looked at the application and the transport capacity study which has been um, undertaken and submitted as part of the application. Highways have considered the two possible means of access from either Bartholomew Close or through the adjacent recently approved site and the number of dwellings which are served by these roads. Highways have um, agreed with the conclusion of the transport report and stated that either access points are acceptable. Their safety and also their capacity to serve the site as well are considered acceptable. As a result, um, no objection has been raised by, um, on highway grounds subject to conditions. Details of the parking provision, biodiversity implications, amenity space, design of the dwellings and their mix will be dealt with under the reserved matters should planning permission be granted. Therefore, no amenity issues are raised at this point. The proposal generates a need for 20% affordable dwellings, which equates to three units, and also a wheelchair-accessible dwelling. Should planning permission be granted, this will need to be secured via Section 106 agreement. The proposed principle of the scheme um, is concluded to be acceptable and in accordance with policy, and therefore approval has been recommended subject to conditions and the amended heads and terms which have been circulated. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now we have some speakers, starting with Councillor Redfern, who's the local member. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I'll try not to jump around on this, but every time you hear something, I think, wow, that's not quite how we see it. But um, anyway, I'm here representing... Um, uh, the parish of Great Chesterford as their district councillor and also as a parish councillor. And um, 
I think most of you will be aware that actually Great Chesterford has been very supportive of the emerging local plan and um, as, su as such has accepted the fact that our village needs to grow whether we like it or not and because of this we've worked really hard with both um, officers at Uttlesford, uh, the various landowners and developers to try and help with the plans and, whilst get, and also get the best results for um, our existing residents and, and our potential new residents. Um, myself and uh, the Parish Council have worked really hard to bring this, well we tried very hard to bring this site forward with the adjoining development um, because we felt it was really important that it was considered as, as, as one. Unfortunately for various reasons out of everyone's control this, this um, didn't happen. Um, but we now find ourselves in a position of looking at an outline application with all matters reserved. For us, this lack of clarity on such a constrained site is completely unacceptable, um, particularly the matter of access. We strongly disagree with what the highways have um, said about um, access being acceptable from, um, from one or other direction, um, particularly from the Bartholomew Close um, direction. I'm also really disappointed that um, I, I wish I'd spotted it or thought about it myself earlier that the planning committee wasn't taken to the access of Bartholomew Close today because if you tried to drive through there today you would have appreciated how very difficult it is to um, get through to this particular site. Um, I, don't, I don't want to reiterate all the comments that the parish council made but um, we have a, we would, we, ideally, what we would like to see is access from both directions, through from the um, site on Stanley Road and through Bartholomew Close, so that we're not pushing all the traffic in one direction, um, whichever direction it, it was. Um, and we, we worked... We, we, have had accepted that there would be a cycle and footpath through between the two sites to take you through to the centre of the village. Um, I think this needs to be considered. We found ourselves in a situation before where access has been a reserve or not considered during this outline planning stage and then found ourselves battling very hard to try and get um, the access that we know um, is the best for our village and I don't want to see this this happen here again um, so I really would like to, I don't you know I know you're going to probably say well it's not a planning matter but to us as a parish this is really really important it's a we will not be able to accept construction traffic going up and down through Rookery Close and Bartholomew Close. It's dangerous, it's overcrowded, they're narrow roads and they are covered by parked cars at all times of the day and night. And I don't, we really do believe that this would be a safety issue. So we would like, ideally, we would like um, access through, through both sides. Um, how that's achieved, well, that's probably not a planning consideration either, but that is what we would like to... Um, we also have a couple of other things on this. As, um, we have, um, when you come to, we'd like um, some sort of informative put on that with the 106 agreement that um, a financial contribution is made towards the preschool. We were lucky enough with the last um, site that we were given the land as a parish. Um, for, a new, for educational use. We have a real problem with our preschool. It's um, in our village hall. It, it, does, it isn't able to 
work to its full capacity and we would like to it's a need that we desperately have so if there's an opportunity to put that on there we would very much like a contribution towards the preschool um, they're my main points and but I would just like to make one other comment and um, this is as member for housing in Uttlesford um, I know that this site is the second part of the um, Local, emerging local plan development site and it was for 60 houses I believe the site that's already got permission has got 50 and this one has now come forward with 14 now obviously it could ha sorry it, I'm nearly finished it could have it could have um, it could have the 10 houses as the balance of our proposed allocation but it isn't it's going for 14 and as member for housing i find an application for 14 houses on a site of this side size pretty offensive really because yet again if it was 15 we would be getting 40 percent affordable and here we're getting 20 percent so i just wanted to put that in as um member for housing i have you know, in theory, the balance of our site is 10, but we've got up to 14, and I would just like to bear that in mind. And please remember that you didn't visit this site today when we were thinking about access. Thank you. Thank you. Er, we have an objector, Victoria Choate. Hello, good afternoon. On behalf of my neighbours and I, there are two matters that I would like to speak about today and that we would ask the committee to consider when reaching their decision in respect of this application. The first relates to the line of trees to the southwest boundary of the site and in particular to the two laurel immediately to the left of the current vehicular gate and to the numerous rowan trees and flowering hedgerow that also line the boundary. In the event of redevelopment at this site, we are asking that by means, and I, I did note your comment earlier about the Stebbing site, we are asking that by means of either preservation orders or planning conditions that these trees and shrubs remain. Both the laurel and the rowan are established, healthy, vibrant and form part of the existing natural landscape which currently attracts both birds and wildlife. In addition, and by retaining these, the existing and neighbouring properties in Rookery Close will be, will be provided with privacy, seclusion and screening. Secondly, and given the proximity of our homes and driveways to both the application site and the current vehicular gate, we are concerned about access and how this may be managed with both managed both during and after any construction period. Following the T-junction with Bartholomew Close and at its narrowest point, the road leading to the current vehicular gate into Littlefield measures just 4.72 metres wide and any inappropriate street or pavement parking already obstructs this section of road to passing or turning vehicles. HGVs already experience difficulties in this area and regularly mount the pavements to manoeuvre. Given the potential for construction site access into Littlefield from Rookery Close, the width of the road and the proximity of the adjacent homes and driveways, 
We are concerned as to how this area will accommodate both the size and number of construction site and contractor vehicles that will be required to park, access the site both during any initial site clearance and road building and to deliver building materials throughout the remainder of the construction period. Both Bartholomew and Rookery Closes are established residential areas. Street parking already impairs access and visibility, particularly from driveways. And with, it, with this in mind, we are concerned that our safety may be compromised in the event of construction site access from Rookery Close. Thank you. Thank you very much. And the last person who wishes to speak is the agent, and that's Saffron Garner. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, um, Madam Chairman and members. Um, my name is Saffron from Sheffield's Planning and Development, and I'm representing the applicant as the planning agent. The outlay the outline sorry, application before you today is for the residential development of up to 14 dwellings, not 14 but up to. Um, the proposal forms part of an allocated site for development under the Great Chesterford policy, uh, part of which has already been granted consent, as you know. All matters are reserved for the scheme and the details of the submission are in accordance with government legislation. The application was submitted with an ecological survey and highway capacity study. Both reports have been received well and no objection has been, has been raised as a result of their content. Throughout the determination process, we have paid close attention to the concerns raised by the case officer, local residents and the parish council. Whilst the planning officer has suitably covered the issues raised, um, I am here today with the applicants if we need to answer any questions that you may have. Um, I understand members haven't visited the site today. I thought you may well have done, but you haven't. Um, and... If you do, I hope you can see the opportunities that are there as part of the, as part of the policy that's been agreed as your local plan. Um, we are aware that letters of objection have been submitted with regard to parking problems, particularly in the neighbouring close next to the existing access. As a result, we have made several site visits over the course of this application period to assess this and responded directly to the case officer. With regard to the access onto the site, the accompanying reports advise this is achievable from the adjoining network, um, highway network and the details of the access are to be considered at the reserve matters stage. Additionally, there have been no objections. Um, we've been working with the Council's local de um, legal department sorry, in order to get a certified agreement in place to secure the required obligations, and we're positive this can be signed well within the date that's included in the officer's report. These obligations include on-site affordable housing, contribution to education, and agreement of the cycleway for pedestrians, which is included. Um, the... In terms of the um, application and public consultation at a reserve matters stage, we hope we can include more um, public consultation and some input in terms of the design and the layout. Um, I hope you'll be able to positively support this proposal today, which is in line with Council's policies and in line with national planning policy uh, that promotes sustainable development such as this. Thank you. Thank you. Before I go to members, Mr Brown just wishes to say something. Yeah, just to clarify the issue, we've got all matters reserved on this application, which is very rare. We don't usually have applications where, for outline with all matters reserved. Picking up the count matters that Councillor Redfern mentioned about the access, access is not up for grabs on this particular application. What we're doing is, is considering whether we can put houses on this site. 
all highways have said, that is exactly all that we are proposing on this site. All matters are reserved. It is not committing committing an access onto Parfolio Mucos. It's not ruling it out, but it's not proposing it. It's also not proposing an access through the existing access on the adjacent site. And again, it's not ruling it out. That is an application for later on. The Highway Authority have confirmed, picking up what the agents just said, the Highway Authority have confirmed that this site can be linked to the highway network. There is actually two, there's at least two choices in terms of where we are. So you're not committing anything around the access, and we actually cannot consider access to this proposal. All we consider is the principle of development on this site. In reality, it is so simple that it's, it's complicated, if you will, because you're not actually considering very much about this proposal at all. It's up to 14, so even the number is not retained. It won't be more than 14. That's all that you can tell. So it's a very straightforward... It's, it's in eruption. It's only one step further on than actually the draft allocation that we've actually currently got. But that's all that we've got in front of us here. Um, so I know that's a difficult thing to get a handle on in terms of it, but... The site can be accessed, but you're not committing yourself or ruling out any proposed access to the site. It's, um, as I said to you before, it's um, members at least understand the principle we're, we're, we're determining one part when you're actually just determining an overview of a field. It makes it much harder. Um, right, Councillor Menel is the first person to speak. Chairman, I get quite perturbed when I hear a district councillor representing her area and getting quite upset at what she sees as no communication between us and the parish council. And I can't understand why we, this morning, didn't take time out to have a site visit here. And in fact, I would like to propose that we defer this for a site visit so that we can address the points that have been raised by the um, applicant and by Councillor Redfern and our last speaker um, with regard to the trees, hedges, possible footpaths, two accesses, etc, etc. Do I have a seconder for that? Oh, it's all over the shop, right? As you know, you're not allowed to discuss anything else. We will go straight to the vote on a deferral for a site visit. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four. Four, five, six, seven. There's against. One, two, three, four, five. Right. We will have a site visit on this next committee meeting. Right. On that point, we will go swiftly on to the next one, which is one of our site visits this morning, which was UTT 141999 Stansted. Um, Miss Heath, you're going to take us through. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Since writing the report, a further representation has been received from the resident of 35 Bentfield Gardens, raising the same concerns as already outlined in the report. The site is located within the development limits for Stansted, and it relates to the erection of one dwelling in the rear garden of number 40 Bentfield Road. The dwelling will be single-storey with two bedrooms. Two parking spaces are proposed here to the side of the dwelling, and there is adequate space for a vehicle to turn and to exit in forward gear. The garden space to the side here um, exceeds 80 square metres, which is in excess of um, Essex Design Guide. Um, the two windows that are proposed to the rear elevation are going if, if the application is approved, will be conditioned to be removed in order to avoid overlooking. Uh, the proposal is considered to be acceptable and the recommendation is for conditional approval. 
you. Now we have some speakers for this one and I will start off first of all with Mr. Yarnold. afternoon. Uh, this is the third meeting about this planning application, but to reiterate, I have my neighbour's objections. My garden backs right onto number 40, Bentfield Road. Who here today would want a building at the bottom of their garden? Who would want their open space blocked? Nobody. I've been a draftsman for 35 years. I've looked at thousands of drawings, thousands of architects' drawings, and I often felt that what you see on architects' drawing never turns out right when it's actually built. It's been said that 50 letters were sent out to neighbours, and only six replied. Well, it only matters to the six people around number 40 Bentfield Road. 32A Bentfield Road, 42 Bentfield Road, 35, 37, 39 and 41 Bentfield Gardens. Why would any of us want our open space reduced? Perhaps not a planning issue, but a right issue. Also, I feel that our value of our properties will be devalued. Mrs Luther stated in the response to the letter that I have never comment commented on the bushes and laylands around her garden, but I did go there a few years ago. But it was the woman who was sitting behind me in the council meeting, so I don't, she's not here today. Um, and since the 30th of July, when that council meeting took place, there's been a lot of clearing up in the garden, hedges and what have you. Another way of looking at this, and I'm sure the planning councils have noted, the outlook from 40 Bentfield Road, there'll be no garden left, only a patio. Is that acceptable to a five-bedroom house? An article from our parish mag, when I was talking about planning applications, they said, how do individuals make an impact on the drivers of change? Well, I think by our protest today. We, another um, article in the, in the local rag was, we need to do all within our power to ensure that the standard of the future is the one we want. How is our lives going to be with a building looking down our throats and cars turning and parking being maintained? I don't think it's acceptable. Um, my neighbour uh, next door to me, Mrs Wright, uh, asked if, if I could read her letter. Is that okay? Yes, uh, um, is this Denise Wright and you're yes, going to read? Yes, Denise no, that's Wright, fine. Yes. Sorry, I didn't. Just wait a minute, we'll wind the clock back. You've now got three minutes from Mrs Wright. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Well, she says, I wish to express my objections to the planning application at 40 Bentfield Road. My garden is directly behind this property and has concerns about the access to the site as it is not adequate enough or big enough. When looking at the site from my house, I will see slightly obscured by sheds, trees and a landy at the bottom of the garden. But if permission was given, they would be removed, leaving my house exposed to the headlights pointing directly into my house. There is a turning area, but cars will park directly behind my fence. This means cars will be revving and turning extremely close to where my children play and they all suffer with asthma. 
They should park at least two foot away from the fence, but this would impact on our lives greatly. If anyone decides to park in the turning area, which is not very wide, other cars will have no choice but to reverse onto Bentfield Road, making this dangerous for other road users and pedestrians. I have concerns on the height of the build, as this could later be turned into a loft conversion at any time, which would look directly into my property. All applications by Mrs Luther have left out details which I feel you should be aware of before making your decision, such as some of the measurements seem incorrect. The neighbouring properties say their houses are not represented correctly. Also a TPO tree has been left off and its position is so close to the boundary of 38A and 40 Bentville Road it causes some concern. I fear it will damage the tree if cars constantly drive past it and the routes, especially with diggers and lorries. With all the flooding in Stansted, I worry that building near my garden will cause problems with drainage as 38A Bentfield Road already seems to have a problem. I hope the committee will take all my concerns into consideration and apologies for being unable to attend. Thank you, Mrs Denise Wright. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now I also have a, a representation from Janet Dow, which is going to be read by Simon Howard Dobson. Is that correct? Good afternoon, councillors. Uh, you may recall, uh, before you deferred last time, um, that I mentioned that I've never seen a backland development like this granted in your authority before. I'd just like to reiterate that. This development is clearly backland and not infill. There will be a severe loss of amenity to all the neighbours around due to, one, noise and disturbance by traffic accessing the rear dwelling. That includes the host dwelling. There's a narrow drive that runs down the side of the host dwelling. There's a window in the side of the host dwelling that lives, gives directly onto that drive. The current applicant might be content with that environment, but what about future occupants? You would be committing them to it also. Um, sorry, uh, the, the second point on loss of amenity is the introduction of a large gabled building close to the private amenity spaces of the dwellings behind. It will be highly intrusive and unattractive. If you look at the illustration on the screen, you can see that the roof is portrayed as being almost the same height as the walls. A fence will come up to just below the height of the windows and doors at two metres high. So the whole of that roof will be impacting on the dwellings behind. You may have seen the land eye and various other trees along that boundary, but in, they are not protected, they cannot be, they can be removed at any time and the people behind will be inflicted by that building. The outline scheme which was granted, to my amazement, um, was an L-shaped development that limited the floor plan's use to two bedrooms and provided a low-pitched hit roof. This is a considerable change. It may be written up as being the same floor area, but it's a considerable change. If you look at the floor plan in front of you, you can see that just by simply extending the wall up from the small bedroom at the front left of the entrance door, you enclose a room and that will clearly be a third bedroom. So it goes from being a modest two-bedroom house on the original outline to a three-bedroom. You can't control that change. That is permitted development. It's not a development as such controlled. All right, you've not proposed any conditions to control that. It's a change that can be done by the future occupants. 
I'm amazed that the application was registered without an arboricultural report on a TPO tree. I'm astonished that it's proposed that a no-dig proposal is assumed to be okay without any means of it having been assessed by you. No-dig proposals require a form of construction of membranes and supporting textiles and a build-up of ground. The application shows the ground actually being reduced by 400 millimetres. Therefore, there's a change that has not been put in front of you for your consideration by introducing a no-dig solution that you don't yet know will work. I have to stop there. There's a lot more. If you could begin to wind up, I will allow you... Okay. Okay, fine. Mr. Brown, you wanted to clarify something. Oh, I beg your pardon. Right, the applicant, Eleanor Luther. You actually, because you, there were three speakers, you have more than your three minutes. Okay. You have actually nine minutes, but I hope you won't go on. Okay, thank you. Good afternoon, Chairman and Council. My name is Eleanor Luther. I'm the daughter of the applicant, Linda Luther, and today I will speak on her behalf. Many thanks for conducting your site visit of number 40 Bentfield Road. Your time in considering this matter is much appreciated. When considering our application for the erection of a single-storey dwelling in the garden of number 40 Bentfield Road, please may you have the following at the forefront of your mind. Firstly, on the 27th of January, we were granted outline planning permission for the erection of a single-storey dwelling in the garden of number 40 Bentfield Road. In granting this outline planning permission, the local planning authority and the parish council considered all relevant factors, both of which approved the application. Secondly, in relation to the current application, the planning officers have recommended that our application is approved, subject to conditions, all of which we have agreed to. And thirdly, as you will have seen from your site visit, the new dwelling has been designed to minimise any potential impact on our neighbours. This application makes certain minor improvements to the approved drawings of the outline planning permission, <coughs> namely reorientating the proposed dwelling so that it maximises the distance from all neighbouring properties. On the 8th of September 2014, my mother sent you a letter outlining our responses to each neighbour representation relating to our application within which the issues raised from Mr. Yarnold and Mr. Howard Dobson's representations from today were dealt with in their entirety. Indeed, their submissions were considered when outline planning permission was granted in January and by the planning officers upon recommending approval for the current application. In fact, nothing new or material has been raised. It is hoped that you will have had a chance to read my mother's letter since it emphasises the fact that prior to submitting the revised plans, careful consideration was taken to minimise the impact of the proposed dwelling on neighbouring properties. And when considering the application as a whole, and in particular the outline planning permission and the planning officer's report recommending approval for the current application, it is evident that all neighbours' concerns have been addressed and that there is no justifiable reason to reject this application. In conclusion, this proposal would help meet the fund fundamental local need for smaller dwellings and in particular bungalows and it would assist the local planning authority meet its five-year deliverable supply of housing. 
Outline planning permission has been granted for an extremely similar application. The current application is in accordance with the relevant Uttersford local planning policies and the planning officers have once again recommended the application for approval. As a family who have lived, happily lived in the property for over 30 years, we thank you very much for your time and consideration this afternoon. Thank you. Mr. Brown, you wanted to make a comment. Just to clarify the issue raised by the third uh, objector um, regarding backland development. Backland development backland is not necessarily a swear word. It's not necessarily that we have no policy to actually reject backland policy. And we have the MPPF has no response, no response regarding backland policy. We did for a small snapshot of time when we had the old PPS3 had the backland is bad proposal. That went out when MPF came. It's down to, you, it's down to the planning committee to consider the impact of this proposal. And it's, it's literally the impact upon the host dwelling in terms of traffic going through to that site, impact on adjoining properties, impact on the character of the area and whether or not it retains the garden area, adult garden and parking areas. And that's it. You, it's, it's not a fact. It is, so you have inappropriate development or appropriate development. The fact is in the backland location means there's probably more things you need to consider than you would normally do. That's it, really. But there is not necessarily a wholesale objections to backland development. Could you just answer the query about the TPO? Because <coughs> we were told this, uh, this morning that that has been considered. The, the TP, the, the, it's the copper beech tree in the, in the garden next door, beyond the beyond. It has been properly considered. The, the council, the members saw the tree on site today. Uh, the council's tree officer has looked at the site. Um, I think the speaker was correct. And usually, when you put a no dig proposal, you have to. You have to be satisfied that no dig is appropriate and sometimes uh, the tree officer might not have gone as, as far to actually say you need a no dig condition but um, he, in this particular case he's actually satisfied that a no dig can be achieved on that particular site so uh, both the tree itself is not affected and with that no dig condition the tree can be the adjacent tree on the adjacent property can be adequately protected right members and i'll start with councillor Lockler. thank you I think there might have been a misunderstanding by the applicant because I don't think the parish council has actually given this ring endorsement, uh, in fact, completely the opposite, <coughs> and they did call it in. Um, uh, well, I actually found the site very cramped, especially um, at the end um, where the turning circle would be. I think um, it, it is very small. There is hardly any garden there, and I just found the whole thing just overcrowded and, and cramped. But I did ask on site uh, if I could have the width um, of the access um, down the side because I wanted to know if two cars could pass there, and you said you would give me the answer this afternoon, if you could, please. Yes, that's right. Um, if I can just mark on here, at this point here, it becomes six metres in width. So at this point here, two cars would be able to pass. Um, but prior to that, no, they wouldn't. So about here, it becomes six metres. Thank you. So, thank you very much. So that means if somebody's trying to get out and somebody's trying to get in, it can't happen. They, they, the visibility is good enough there for them to see if something, someone is coming in. You, there's, well, they would, I suppose, but they would have to reverse. I, exactly. Know, so, sorry, they'd have to reverse onto Bentfield Road, which is a narrow road, because, no, no if they have, well, I've just been told they'd have to reverse. Who would have to reverse? Where would they go? 
the, someone that was in the dwelling was coming out of the dwelling, out onto Bentford Road, they, they, it would be safer for them to reverse, and there's adequate room for them to reverse there, back into the site. Well, and let's hope we don't have any road rage. Thank you. I, sorry, can I just add also, there is room to reverse in front of the existing dwelling as well. There's three spaces there for the host dwelling. Right. Uh, Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Um, a couple of misleading elements here. It's not turning circle. Um, it's a, simply a reversing um, area available between the rear garden of the rear fence of what will be number 40 and the house that's under consideration. It would have helped if the applicant had shown a tracking diagram so that you could see. Um, so it's clear you're in the parking area, you reverse between the building and the fence and then you drive out. So it's not a turning circle. Um, the problem we have is outline planning already exists here. So um, that's something we, we can't take away. So we just need to consider the the details of the, re of the revision. Um, have from the site visit this morning, I don't think headlights would be the issue they are um, asked, being asked for us to consider as being an issue. I don't think they will be. Um, there is an alleyway between the, the rear of this property and the properties in the, the adjoining road, um, and there is good screening there with fences all around, so I don't think headlights are an issue. Um, no dig only applies to the parking areas in the driveway, so that's an easy option there because you just roll in um, permeable uh, material uh, to form a hard standing. So I have no objection with this and I would uh, recommend that we accept your re uh, reason, the um, officer's recommendation for approval. Do I have a seconder for that, please? Thank you, Councillor Hicks. Would you consider having a condition on there, if we're allowed to do it, um, that the, um, the, the conifers stay at the back? Are we allowed to do that? I think, Chairman, it's already covered with Condition 2, which actually says... Yeah, sorry, I don't want to sound like a broken record on landscaping conditions, but it does say that prior to development, we do require details of trees to be planted on the site and trees to be retained on the site as well. And, and part of that would be the hedge road around the back. And I would say it is mutual. I mean, I'm not saying there necessarily is an issue of overlooking from the proposed dwelling and the adjacent properties, but if there were, it's mutual. So therefore, it is, is mutually you know, beneficial to retain that screening hedge there anyway. So, I, and it's not necessary to remove it to actually put the dwelling in there. So, I would say it's actually it's actually covered by condition two anyway in terms of clarifying what what trees and hedges are remaining prior to development. Well, being a rather a belt and braces lady, and seeing hedges suddenly hop out the place um, um, quite quickly, are we entitled to put on? a condition that we would like the hedge to remain there. Can I come back on that? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, you could actually do that. You could put a condition on to actually say retain that hedge at an existing height. Um, but I'm just saying that obviously in, in the f you need to think it through in terms of what impact that may have Yeah, I'm glad on. you added that uh, <laughs> caveat about existing height. I wouldn't like to have a condition that means conifers uh, would have to remain because um, there is legislation that can get those taken out. It, the next person to speak I've got down is Councillor Cant. Is that right? No? Then it must have been Councillor Goblin. I'm sorry, I saw a hand and I put it to the wrong person. 
I've got a question. On site, when we were looking at the tree, there seemed to be a shed of some sort on a heavy concrete base very near to the tree. Now, it occurs to me, how can you get that concrete out without, uh, because it's going to be part of the drive, as I understand it, how can you get that concrete out without disturbing the tree in some way? I think that's... Um, yeah. Maybe I'm not um, agreeing that this is possible, but it would be conceivable that that concrete slab could be removed without actually penetrating the surface below. The, 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 the roots of the tree go to the full extent of the furthest branches, and that block, as I recall, is almost at the periphery of where the branches would be. I'll leave it on then. Um, I have a query, Madam Chairman. In 2005, permission was refused and dismissed at appeal for what would appear to be the same sort of thing. And yet, approval was given for outline permission on um, January this year. Can you tell me what the difference was between, or the, the reasons for approving this one, and refusing the previous one? National planning policy guidance, I should say, framework. But uh, Mr. Brown, would you like to, or, or, or um, do, um, who wishes to speak? Or yeah, Sam, um, speak? Just from recollection, I believe it was cited much closer to the boundary of 38A. Um, uh, it would the, um, the, the, the application you're referring to, the refusal, um, one of the reasons was its proximity to the boundary with number 38A, and it's moved. It's moved. Mm. 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 I think it was closer to the other houses, but I do think that it is also we have to bear in mind that we have got the national policy, the national planning policy framework now, which works, gives us a different way of working. Uh, am I correct in that? Well, that does, but I think, I think the specifics for members may be is, is the, is the specifics of the particular proposal, which, which was a full proposal way back in 05. Although the policy, the policy uh, climate has changed since 05, I think that would probably have been on the specifics of that proposal in 05. And again, you're making that same judgment now in terms of whether this particular full proposal is acceptable or not. I have Councillor Higgs down next, is that correct? Or you just wanted to second it? Okay, fine, thank you. Councillor Salmon then. All right, do I have anybody else who wishes to speak on this? Councillor Perry. Just very quickly, uh, outline stage, it was a single story L shaped building of a certain height. Now it's come before us, the design has changed. Why have we not got a new application? Is there scope then within it to enable this to take place? It is a new application. I mean, it was an outline application. I think the reason why you haven't got a reserve matters application is that it didn't fit in with what the reserve, with what the outline was. But you've now got a full. So in reality, everything is up for grabs. But you need to be mindful of the fact that we've already approved outline. So to, to the principle may be a bit questionable. It's, it's the actual impact of the actual design of the dwelling itself. Okay, um, it has been proposed and seconded for approval. Um, I raised this issue about the hedge. How we do, did we resolve it in the end? That, that we are covered by the landscaping condition there. 
But maybe we put an informative on to say that some sort of screening would be a good idea. We can do that, no problem. Informative. Are you yeah. happy with that? Okay, all those in favour of approval, please show. One, two, three, four, five. Those against? One, two, three, four, five, six. Right, then I need a standard notice for refusal, please. Who is going to put it through? And please, will you tell me your reasons why? Uh, was there an abstention earlier? Because hmm? we've got 11. No, Councillor Mackman left. Ma Councillor oh. Mackman has left. Uh, uh, right. I still think we've got 12, but... We've got 12, haven't we? Yes. 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 Just, do we just want to clarify again <coughs> the counting? Mm. All those in favour, please show for approval. One, two, three, four, five. Those against, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six. Right. One more. One abstention. Who was abstaining? One abstention. Right. I now need a substantive notice from people who wish to refuse this and the reasons why. Can I suggest, Chairman? But it's not a suggestion. I need the reasons. <laughs> I suggest the reason would, would be the following. Um, harmful to neighbouring properties, cramped and out of character, safety hazard to pedestrians and vehicle drivers due to lack of turning space. The Highways Authority on this, correct? I think the first bits of that were judgmental issues which members can take, but I would, I'll, be very, I'll be very anxious to add that safety issue at the end, especially when we've got no objection from the Highway Authority and we've already approved the, the, the principle of a dwelling in that location. The, the rest of it in terms of, um, in terms of the relationship issues, but that's down to, down to you. That's all. Fine, Mr Brown. Sort the wheat from the chaff, perhaps. Members, can I remind you that if you are minded to do this when you come here, it would be a good idea to sort of think through your reasons why for refusal. On Madam your Chair, sorry, we're not allowed to prejudge. We have not to listen to everybody. But you can think we cannot say what we're going to do before we get here. Unfortunately, I totally agree with you, but it would help if you are going to do this that you know your policy numbers so we can check them. Jen, sorry, I would one. if I had the policy. I hmm? haven't got it. Yes. Policy numbers that you can judge this with. What you can do is defer to come back next time with your reasons for refusal. I believe that is correct. Is it not? Can you can you just um, explain what we do? You've got the, you 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 want to refuse it, but you wish to bring the con the reasons for refusal back next time. Is that correct? You can defer if you wish. Sorry, Chairman, well, we've made a decision. We've made a decision to refuse. As far as the reasons for refusal are concerned, the ones I've given um, were the ones that were used originally in 2005. As far as I'm concerned, I can see no difference. And if you want to attach the reasons I've given to a specific policy, that's fine. I don't have the policy with me. 
but, but uh, Mr. Brown certainly does. And if you look on page 61, Councillor Eastham, yes, the Madam policies Chairman. are listed. Would you like to therefore let us know the reasons why you wish to refuse on the policies listed? Sorry, Madam Chair, Gen 4 isn't listed, and I believe that was right. one you of the can, You can actually add that, but what I'm yeah. saying, there are Gen the other four. ones there. Yeah, that isn't listed. I would actually say, for the reasons that Councillor Eastham has, has raised, which, okay, you've now gone back to the previous refusal reasons, although we can't comment on base, but it's the uh, harm to neighbouring properties, cramped and out of character. Hopefully I'll talk to you about it in the safety hazard for pedestrians bits, because we've allowed the outline since. Um, and now, in terms of harmful to neighbouring properties, that would be Gen 4. Uh, character of the area would be Gen 2, I understand just yeah, to check that. So you're talking, so what Councillor Eastham has just said with Gen 2 and Gen 4, I think we're almost there. I just... All right. Are you happy with that? You put Gen 2 and Gen Delighted, Madam Chairman. So that's the pro- it's, it's, um, um, harm to neighbouring properties, cramped and out of character. Gen 2 and Gen 4, between those two it is. Can we have, does access account for this road that there isn't room to pass in? Or is that access onto the highway? Or is that just um, a general access? Because there is no access if you say that one has to go in and one has to go out, one has to reverse. That's not really, well, it's not a very good access, is it? Yeah, but it's a case of whether that makes it unsafe. It's an inconvenience issue. Well, it would if they hit. It's good, yeah, I mean, I, I, my advice seriously would not go down the highway route because in reality, much as I, you know, I do think there is an argument that you can make regarding what Councillor Eastham has come without the safety issue. And I think the safety issue muddies the waters and adds additional, potential additional cost to the authorities in trying to substantiate that as a refusal reason. Councillor Gant, do you wish to say something? Where, where do the cars park for the building at the front? Are they going to have to reverse out of their parking spaces onto the drive to do a reverse turn to come out forwards? So there is a conflict with traffic from the first house overlapping on the drive to the other. I don't know how you'd word that. But it's not so much... I mean, I I hear Councillor Lachlan's point, but most people who have a drive have to either go in forwards or come out backwards, um, whatever, because there is no way to turn on most people's properties. So I don't have a problem with that. But here you've actually got the front house reversing back into the drive with people from the back house coming forward into the same drive. And that does seem to me, unless there's a turning circle for both properties, to be a dangerous situation. There is a turning circle for the front. So, so the, the issue is you're at the back as well, isn't it? Mm. So yeah. the, the conflict issue would be cars coming out and cars coming in, which is not a necessary... But then all it's do is you stop. Mm. And then, 
and let the car in. Yeah. And, yeah, so I, d- I really don't think you could substantiate refusal on that very basis, yeah. especially if we've already said that they could have a dwelling there by, for an outline application. And, and I think that's, that's the problem I've got. Yeah. Jim, I think but that's your call. But it's may, I, may I terminate this by saying we have two policies which we can use. Um, let's not bother with the third which might muddy the stream Okay, and Councillor Perry I presume was was seconding it I was trying to move on and trying to second yes uh, right I will go to the vote we have now a substantive motion for refusal with Gen 2 and Gen 4 correct right and we have left out the highways one for the reasons that we have just spoken about all those in favour of refusal please show no. No, no, no. No. One, two, three, four, five, six. Those against? One, two, three, four. And how many abstentions? Two. Two. All right. It has been refused. Right, members, I am going to suggest a five-minute comfort break, if that is all right, before we go on to the next application. Thank you. This meeting is paused. 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 This meeting is paused.
This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. 
This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. This meeting is paused. Uh, oh, hang on. Uh, one piece of housekeeping, first of all. Um, uh, an a proposed alteration to the recommendation on page 76. Um, an additional clause within the 106 to actually cover wheelchair homes. At the request of the uh, Council's Equality Officer, uh, she has requested a different way of approaching it, rather than actually identifying a, a providing a wheelchair access property. Um, the the Council's Equality Officer is very, very favourable in terms of actually providing the developer to enter into a 106 agreement to market one of the set plots as a wheelchair access and to put forward £8,500 towards its alteration to become a wheelchair access property. That saves it becoming a wheelchair property unnecessarily, if you like. Um, and they've actually identified a particular plot, which I'll come on to 
in a moment. The application has outlined planning permission um, for this number of dwellings, and to be honest with you, the, um, the final the layout is, is, is there's no surprises. It's more or less the same layout as that was submitted within the, the outline planning permission. It has got outline planning permission for 13 dwellings, and the proposal is from access from Stortford Road. Get my arrow back. Access from Stortford Road uh, with the proposals. It looks a bit funny because you've got what looks like large front gardens here, but they're not. They are, they are the back gardens of the properties, which all adhere to the, the, the Essex Design Guide on the whole. I think if you look at the, um, the cut through in terms of page 70, some of them don't comply, but this was an outline planning permission whereby we considered this amount of dwellings on this particular site. The constraints of the site are to actually, rather than always have the backs of the properties fronting onto the three main roads, Thornton Road, Stortford Road and Hamilton Road, which were actually our dwellings fronting onto those properties, so that would give a much more, a much improved uh, vision of the site from the site with the provision of the gardens at the back. They are, some of the properties are deficient on the Essex Design Guide style, but I think this was the style and the amount of dwellings that we've always been looking at on this particular site. One other critical issue regarding this was to, there was concerns about access, uh, traffic cloak parking on Hamilton Road and Thornton Road to access the front of the property, the old, the old um, situation of someone driving along, stopping in front of their car, tr in front of their uh, property, popping the shopping in the front and, and, then, and then going around the back and then or leaving the car there and causing a problem. Hamilton Road whoops, is, is a particularly narrow road and that would cause a particular problem. Part of the design is actually to provide railings on these frontages here to actually prevent people from actually going direct. So it, you've got a front access onto the site, but you, you, know, you can't actually... Uh, there is some sort of um, protection to prevent people from actually doing that. So that actually provides uh, an appropriate design of dwellings. As you see, these are the, these are the street scenes with the... I think that says Hamilton Road on that particular road, but that is the vision that you would actually get from the main roads from the site. Again, as I say, it's no surprise. This is what was being proposed in terms of the outline proposal. Uh, on, on, on that basis, the application is recommended for approval. One thing I should also say is that one of the properties, as I say, was going to be wheelchair access, and that was put out as to be property, I think it was plot one, was put forward as the wheelchair access property there. So, uh, and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you. Now, I am delighted that this has come back at long last with full. We have been waiting. It is the parish of Little Canfield, which I represent. Um, they are very supportive of this. They feel that the, um, the initial problems with uh, all, uh, the first application came with all the back gardens backing onto the 1256. They have, all these issues have been um, taken care of now, and I will happily propose it from the chair. Do I have a seconder for this, uh, for approval? No. <laughs> you can ask a question, yes. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to know where the um, simple condition for bats and birds was. If there isn't, we will put one on. <laughs> Would it have been on the outline? Yeah, I think if you look at sorry, if you look at the biodiversity section on page seventy five, 
It says ecologists have no objections subject to informatives regarding bats and nesting birds. What you used to have, you used to have a condition on there, you know what I'm like with conditions, but there was a condition on there that said no felling of trees between the period between March and an August during the nesting season. That, tree, that was actually an unnecessary condition because it was actually trying to protect... It's a well-intentioned condition, but it's actually trying to protect... It is an offence, as, as members know, to actually harm nesting birds during the nesting season. That is a, that's an offence in itself. It doesn't need to be duplicated in terms of a planning condition, so therefore the, the ecologists have now agreed that they would do that as an informative. There's also some perverseness in terms of it. If you have nesting birds at the end of February or the beginning of September, which is still a possibility, you know, you're actually advocating that you can remove them outside of those periods. So, so it actually causes a problem. So, so take it away and have the informative, which has... You can't do it because the law says you can't do it. That's what I'm saying. So by having a condition on there that actually goes against the rules, it first of all tries to duplicate it and secondly can give you a green light when you haven't got one. So it's best not to have that condition on there. But it is covered through the informative, which actually puts it very clearly in what their responsibilities are for the, for the, for the developers. Fine. I need to know who seconded my proposal for approval. Fine. Councillor Salmon, do you wish to speak? Fine. Now, Councillor Perry, you wish to say something? Thank you, Chairman. Following your glowing recommendation, I'll um, only have one concern, which is that almost 50% of the sites have garden sizes which are below, and in some cases well below that as required. But uh, on its own, it's not something I could uh, oppose. Can I point out that the uh, garden size, the, uh, the site has always been known that the garden sizes will be slightly below. Um, there, are, there are play areas quite nearby. Um, so uh, it is a, a site that has been derelict for some time and uh, people are very keen to see it redeveloped. As they did the one, the other side of the um, main roundabout which was also in the same condition where the garden sizes were slightly down, but has become a very successful development. So now somebody else put their hand up to speak. Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I'll just pick up the point on the wheelchair accessible house allocation. Um, if you could bring back up the site plan, please, Nigel. You referred to one, plot one, I believe it was which is, if you could indicate that on plan. And from what you said earlier, there is no front access to the properties because you've got a railing, a complete railing with no perforation in it, no gateway. But the wheelchair access, if it's coming off of one of those spaces to the upper part of the drawing, the northern, northern side of there, um, would need a covered way to the entry point of the dwelling. It certainly will. So one thing I did not say was that the Council's Equality Office is currently in discussions with the applicant to secure a covered way between the parking area and the, and the front door. So that would actually be secured, yes. That's and we will get, you will get a detail for that to approve because yep. this is full. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Is that conditioned? I think it will be part of the proposal before it's approved. Um, in, so I think part of your resolution was to subject the receipt of that drawing which shows that, um, and therefore that needs... Because at the moment, this came up 
sort of the 11th hour, and so therefore there's been discussions regarding it, got the plot, the issues about the covered way needs to be sorted out, and we will need to see the drawing showing that covered way. So, um, but if members want to put a condition on covering that, just to make sure, I don't think there's necessarily a problem for that. So maybe, a, you know, I, I'm happy to recommend the, the, that, that we receive a revised drawing showing that particular plot, showing the covered way. And if we receive it before we approve it, then we won't necessarily put that condition on. But as a sort of belt and braces for members, I'm quite happy to have a condition added. I would like that on because yeah. it's part of the, uh, the way that we should do it. Yeah. So, John, are you happy with the... Are you happy to secondary that? Councillor Kent. Thank you, Chairman. I hear what you say about, um, you know, wanting to get the site developed. But I, I have some sympathy with what Councillor Perry said. In this case, it, it's not so particularly relevant because all the houses are market housing. We're not going to get any affordable housing on this site. But I think every time we accept um, a house with a, gar with a smaller garden than the Essex Design Guide, it makes it more difficult to um, protect that policy and to keep it going, particularly where we have affordable housing, which is likely to have children in it, where the garden sizes are of importance. So I do think we need to be very careful about accepting planning applications that have, as in this case, more than 50% of garden sizes smaller than the design guide. I did raise this, this issue with the officers. Mr Brown would like to make a comment on it. I'm glad Councillor Kant said that because it is very peculiar to this particular site that historically we've been dealing with this particular site, but I do not want members to lose sight of the fact that we, the, the garden size issue, and I know you're in one, and we're in one, as one on this one, you can see some of the schemes I'm dealing with at the moment whereby we've got a, an awful provisions of, of, affordable, of provisions of garden sizes, so I don't want the message to go out there that we're softening up on that particular issue. It's because of this particular, the history of this particular site and the redevelopment of this site and the constraints for it. So I think both Councillor Perry and Councillor Cantor got very valid points and I'm, I'm with you both on that one. Right, it has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. That's lovely. Mm. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, the next one is UTT 141887 Stansted. It is the country and city. Um, the application that we had some time ago, which we returned down, they have come back to us, and we looked at the drive this morning as we went past on our site visits. So, Mr. Fairbold. Thank you, Chair. This revised application follows the decision by members in May of this year, after a site visit, to refuse planning permission for a two-storey extension to existing offices with associated parking for city and country on the grounds of impact on adjacent residential amenity and intensification of the existing shared vehicular access with the adjacent Benfield barns. Since that refusal, the applicant has consulted with residents on a revised extension scheme in order to overcome these two reasons for refusal and the drawing submitted for the revised application now before you reflect this consultation exercise. 
It is also understood that members have received a copy of a letter from the applicant identifying the main design and layout changes which are proposed. <coughs> to summarise, these are as follows. Reduction in bulk and scale of the extension facing onto the garden house, including the removal of box dormers. Introduction of a much reduced eaves line with a subsequent drawing in of the extension from the rear boundary onto that property together with a slight increase in the length of the extension to compensate for this floor space reduction. This would result in a net decrease of the floor space of the extension overall by 40 square metres. The deletion of a section of the extension facing onto Bentfield Barns, whereby the existing garage, as previously converted to an ancillary office, would be retained. Fenestration and external treatment changes to the 1980s extension the introduction of an additional in-only vehicle access point into Benfield Place from Benfield Road for the sole use by the applicant to relieve pressure on the existing shared access point, the proposed location of which members saw on the bus this morning where this had been marked out, and a slight decrease in additional parking for the extension from 17 to 13 as originally proposed as a result of the introduction of this new access and car parking changes. I'll just run through the drawings. This is the amended layout drawing and this is the extension here uh, where you can see there's been a change. I'll come on to that. Up here is the new in-only access from Bentfield Road which you saw marked out and what would happen is that all staff, traffic, city and country and commercial would come through here and then would go out the existing uh, access with Bentfield Barnes here and Bentfield Barnes would use this as an in-out uh, at the moment. Now this is the extension as modified. Uh, this is fenestration detailing for the existing 1980s extension. Uh, this is showing the revised elevation onto the garden house to the rear where the box dormer has been uh, replaced. Just, uh, I can't unsure, unfortunately show you that this was a comparison drawing, but uh, it's probably easier uh, if I show you in a moment. This is the in-out access. Uh, this will be the um, field fencing here with granite sets for the entrance. <coughs> now, this is the refused office extension which members saw last time around with this high ease line here where you consider they would be overlooking materially into the garden house and overshadowing as well. And this was the extension around onto number five, Bentfield Barnes. If I do that, that shows you now the proposed office extension by the revised scheme. And you can see that the eaves line is carried right down to about two metres, no higher than the boundary fence. And therefore, any ground floor windows would uh, not be able to penetrate through to the garden house. And also, this is the garage as retained, therefore no impact on number five, Benfield Barnes, on that side. Just again, that's as before refused, that now as um, uh, received. And just to refresh you on the pictures, that's what you saw last time. That's the existing entrance shared and the new entrance coming through there. And as you saw this morning, that is the um, part where it's coming through and so on. 
and that's on the other side coming up. So, considered by officers that the changes which have been made to the extension scheme sufficiently overcome members' previous concerns relating to the impact on the occupants of the garden house and to a lesser extent the occupants number five, Benfield Barnes, where it should also be noted that the internal fl floor to roof light height for those roof lights within the re-elevation of the extension have been increased to reduce the possibility of overlooking, where this was also a point previously raised. The introduction of the new access point as an additional element to this application has been supported by Bentfield Barn residents, whilst Essex County Council Highways have not objected to it on highway grounds. The new access would not, in the view of officers, have a significantly detrimental impact on the streets and in the conservation area, where the entrance would incorporate park rail entrance fences. The officer report therefore recommends that planning permission be granted for this revised scheme, subject to the conditions as attached to the report, where members will note that condition 6 requires that the new vehicle access be constructed and completed prior to first occupation of the extension and restricted to use by the applicant as sought, and that no further windows be inserted into the west elevation of the extension facing onto the garden house without the prior written approval in the interests of residential amenity. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. We have the agent who'd like to speak, and that's Richard Winsborough. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I'm Richard Winsborough. I'm Head of Planning at uh, as City and Country. Um, Councillors, when you discussed our original application to extend our offices back in May this year, uh, despite having an officer's recommendation for approval, you quite rightly listened carefully to all parties that spoke that day and decided you had two areas of concern. The first was a potential for conflict between the commercial and residence traffic, and the second being the impact of the extension itself on the neighbouring property, the Garden House. Your discussions led to these being used for the reasons for refusal, which, despite our obvious disappointment, gave us a clear indication as to where the areas needed uh, further work. Discussions with our neighbours started immediately, literally in the lobby just outside this room. We held a number of meetings, had many conversations and discussed at length the design changes prior to uh, the resubmission. As a result, as uh, Mr Theobald uh, mentioned, the residents of Hall Barnes have now written in support of this application, which is a significant shift from their position in May. The owners of Garden House have, were also satisfied we had listened to their concerns and so have not submitted a letter of objection. Interestingly, I note that I sit here today as the only speaker, which I take as a great positive and true reflection of the hard work all parties have put into this revised application. Clearly, we are pleased to receive a recommendation for approval from your officers, but I thought it would be useful if I just very quickly explain how we've addressed your concerns. As Mr Theobald uh, mentioned, the revised application now has a new entrance into uh, Bentfield Road, which will serve as an inn only, uh, which will be for commercial vehicles, staff, visitors, deliveries. This will instantly reduce the number of our vehicles using the existing entrance by 50%, thus significantly reducing the conflict. This new entrance actually forms part of an implemented consent and so the ability for us to create this new entrance actually remains live but it was agreed with officers to include this as part of the application just to avoid any, any confusion. The existing access point will continue to be used as an exit only for our vehicles but um, the residents would use it as an in-out and although there are a couple of parking spaces that have been lost because of this new entrance the, uh, the arrangement still exceeds your, your parking standards. 
Now, in terms of the impact on garden house, uh, we redesigned the extension so it provides the floor space we need but retains the single garage. Um, it has allowed us to move the building away from the boundary, which has got extra landscaping that can grow next to our shared boundary. We've lowered the eaves so that all ground floor windows are below the height of the existing fence. And we've also revisited the way in which the extension is lit and removed any dormer windows and replaced them with much higher level roof lights. Previously, just by way of example, the sills of the roof lights were and the dormers were about six foot. Um, they're now eight and a half foot, so there's no chance of uh, any overlooking. I've pers personally been involved in all the discussions with the owners of Garden House, um, and they were content that we've made the changes necessary to overcome their objections. There is still a real need for this extension, and we want to stay in Stansted. We want to stay in Bentfield Place. As a company, we're continuing to grow. And in essence, by supporting our application today, in line with officers' recommendations, you'll be supporting a local business. Uh, we note that the parish council, neighbours and your officers agree that we've done everything we can to overcome your concerns, and we hope you agree too. Many thanks. Thank you. Councillor Godwin. Uh, yes, thank you. And I think the drive past this morning was very useful, because one of the things I, re I thought was that, uh, that access entrance, which is now clarified as entrance only, would be particularly dangerous for exiting because there is a bit of a blind bend. I am very glad that it is going to be entrance only, but I would make the plea that it is very, very clearly marked and that both residents and users of the exit entrance understand that. Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Yes, I'm very pleased to see this revised proposal um, and can verify the fact that the communications between the two parties started immediately after as I took my comfort break. Um, so I've got no hesitation in um, proposing that we accept the officer's recommendation. Uh, yes, Chairman, I'd like to second that and I'd like to add uh, comments that I think... Uh, uh, city and country to be commended on the way in which they've reacted to the representations which were made and have come up with this revised scheme which is acceptable to everyone apparently. Councillor Salmon. I was quite happy to propose or second it Madam Chairman. I think they've listened, they've done what we asked them to do and I heartily agree that uh, we should uh, back them. I have to say it's nice when, when developers listen to us. Uh, Councillor Perry. What I want to do is reiterate what's been said and just say that it's nice when consultation does work. Right, on that note, I will go to the vote. All those in favour of the recommendation for approval, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. We now have to do the listed building, which I think is I need a proposal for approval on the listed building part of this application. Councillor Ranger, you are proposing it. Do you second that? Councillor Goblin seconds that. Any questions with regard to the listed building proposal? Then I will go straight to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. Thank you. That application is passed. Right, the next application is... Where are we? I've lost. Grace Easton, UTT 142223. Mr Brown, you're going to take us through this. Thank you, Chairman. This is a very different proposal in reality in terms of, and also the officers' approach to it is slightly different. It is very balanced, and some members 
uh, it, is, it is within your <laughs> gift to do this. Um, the application lies in the open countryside. It's in an unsustainable location and where development should not normally be permitted unless there are specific circumstances, usually uh, operational no, circumstances. Um, the proposal is for the... There is, you've currently got a pro property here, home, home field, and you've got, which is not to do with the proposal, I should add, and you've got a development here with a number of outbuildings that are at currently on the site. Uh, the proposal in front of us is to demo demolish those outbuildings and to erect a bungalow. Uh, the reasons behind this is, and, and I'm, I'm, I realise I'm in the public forum here, so I'm not going to come up with too much information here. There is personal circumstances regarding the applicant, which means that the children have special needs within that proposal, which means they need a larger than normal dwelling in terms of a bungalow, in terms of, in terms of actual space. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, it is considered that, I think it's all going to be down to the internal layout rather than anything else. It is for a four-bedroom bungalow, and in terms of space standards, this dwelling is a lot in terms of what a four-bedroom bungalow would be, it is probably a lot larger than not what you normally need. You need actual different space standards within the property. And because of that, um, they have put forward a case to actually indicate that the proposal needs to be on this particular location where we would not normally approve a dwelling. Um, there are a number of outbuildings there, and we haven't had any approaches to actually convert any of those outbuildings to dwellings, uh, although I'm not saying that would have been a proposal that we would have supported or not, but that's in front of it. So it's not a completely virgin site. Um, as you know, and you've probably heard this over and over again throughout the years, very rarely does personal circumstances outweigh normal planning policy in terms of restriction policies, in terms of the development in the countryside. In this case, officers feel that it's just gone over that cusp to actually justify approving this particular proposal. There are no issues in terms of, if I go back to the site plan, um, in terms of impact upon the, the, the dwelling home field there or any adjacent properties, a larger dwelling in this particular location wouldn't necessarily cause any problems in terms of amenity. It is in a location where there will be no harm to the open countryside, and so therefore it is just literally the... And it is an important consideration, and that's why you hear it over and over again from officers in terms of resisting development in the open countryside, but it is considered the personal circumstances in this case just simply push it over the cusp, and so members can make that judgment either way, and so the application on balance is recommended for approval, Chairman. Could I just ask, was this a working farm at some point? I think that's probably the background to it, but I'm not, I, can't, I can't actually say that for certain. Okay, fine. Thank you. Members, over to you. Councillor Easton. I propose approval, Chairman. Do I have a seconder for that? Is that? Are you seconding it? Fine. Do you wish to speak? The only thing I was wondering is if we can condition something that the justifiable need is protected and maintained. So if at any stage it's sold, it can hopefully keep the justifiable need in place. That's the sting in the tail, I'm afraid. Um, you are allowing a dwelling, and this is the argument you'll often get the other way when you get officers recommending refusal for these. Put in a personal condition, in reality, once the need for, these, the need for this dwelling ends, um, therefore it, it becomes a dwelling, and it's been approved under a specific need, and to put a personal condition on it, because that's what we basically would be doing, would be an unreasonable situation. So you're allowing a dwelling here, and it will continue to become a dwelling. It is different to agricultural dwellings, whereby there is, you know, that's a, there's a nationally accepted reason for why having the dwellings in the open country. So you are approving a dwelling into the future. 
Okay, does anybody else wish to speak on this? Right, then I will go to the vote. Well, sorry, did you wish to say something on Just the proposal? Finally, it's, it's, it proves that councils are human. And we can extenuate. Well, I mean, sometimes people do query that. And it's nice to know that we can make adjustments to our policies when we so need to. We have to make a judgment on all these, is that a yes? And we have to listen to all all the facts. Did you wish to add anything, Councillor Hicks? Thank you, Chairman. Um, To ask a question, really. I would have thought this would come under the heading of an annex rather than a separate dwelling. Can you explain that to me, please? My recollection of it is it's not actually associated with the main property home field. It is literally a dwelling being put in that location. So, so it's not an annex to any particular proposal because it's, although it's, quite, it's in close proximity to home field to the front, that's not part of the proposal. So it isn't actually an annex. So who, who's going to live there it's apart the whole from the family, the ho- children? So the whole family and the children will be living in this property as a separate residential unit uh, with no association with Homeford. I think they're actually moving where they currently live to this particular location so they don't actually live. I know when I first picked this up, it implied to me that Homefield is where they currently live, but that's not the case. Homefield has nothing to do with the proposal whatsoever. It has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. Okay, fine. Right. The next one on the list is ETT 141902 Birchhanger, which was subject to our site visit this morning. And Luke, you're going to, Luke Mills, you're going to take us through this. Thank you, Chairman. Good afternoon, members. Um, Okay, so Green Farm Cottage in Birchhanger. Um, The application site is located off Birchhanger Lane. Uh, It accommodates Green Farm Cottage, shown here, um, which is a Grade 2 listed building, and it also accommodates its curtilage here as well. The application is for planning permission to move two windows from the side elevation to the rear elevation. Uh, so that's illustrated here on this uh, mock-up photograph. So these would be the windows that would be removed. Um, they would then be blocked up and finished with matching materials. And then similar units would be placed at the rear as well. They would be timber, timber-framed units. Uh, the conservation officer has been consulted. Uh, we've got no formal comments on file, but verbal comments um, have been taken. Um, and there's no objection from the conservation officer. And it's considered that the proposed alteration, which affects a later, later addition to the building, would not affect the special characteristics of this listed building. So um, the recommendation is for approval. Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, I note that the building, which is presumably um, an add-on to the original one, as I see it, has got a flat roof. Um, is that a listed building part that is even though it's a flat roof building it's listed yeah Yeah, it's all part of the same building so it's all listed it all all carries that same designation and the the windows the two windows are they they don't look the same size is that the case 
Correct. Yeah. Um, the existing windows at the top, you've got the, the two panes and then three panes yep. at the, the ground floor. And then the proposed ones are both two panes. So, yeah, there is a slight difference, but overall proportions and everything, working with the same sort of proportions for the panes. And, yeah, the materials would be the same as well. They'd be timber windows. And on the lower of the windows, there seems to be a soldier course above for a lentil, which would appear to be more appropriate than standard lentil anyhow. just stop you there because I need some clarification. In fact, I understood that the, um, the speakers wished to speak about the um, 141898. Um, am I correct? That, cor that is correct, isn't yes. it? All right, my list says other... No, no, my list says otherwise. So that is fine. That is fine. We are continuing on. I took the right call on that one. Thank you. Okay, fine. Continue, please, Mr. Yes, it's rather difficult to take the windows uh, in isolation, as it were, because it's all related to the house application. I'm sorry, Councillor Godwin, it's not. This is a, a separate application um, for windows changing with listed, also a separate application for listed building. They are two different applications, and therefore we have to take them as two different applications. Okay. Oh, well, just simply to comment that the, um, it's, it's hard. from where the photograph is taken, there are houses at the, uh, at the back of that which would be affected by windows looking directly onto their gardens. Two seven seven and two seven nine, ostensibly Birchanger Lane. We were on site this morning and the moving of these two windows round to the back with the vast difference. Could you tell me what the, the, um, the, 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 the footage is between those and this, please? Thank you. Um, 277 would appear to have... Well, without remembering it, uh, uh, blocked by a hedge and also have a solid wall onto which the new windows would look and appear. Okay, so I've just scaled it off the plan. Um, the distance we're talking about here is it's 26 metres. Um, the usual standard we apply in terms of rear privacy is 25 metres back-to-back distances between houses. However, you also take into account the actual physical relationship between the buildings, and in this case it's certainly considered that there'd be no harm to the living conditions of those neighbours, and it certainly wouldn't overlook the rear garden, which is further over to another side as well. Right, Councillor Ranger. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Just to make the observation, if anyone was concerned about the different proportions of the windows being changed over, that uh, soldier, the uh, curved arch, is existing to my mind. That was a single-storey back addition with it's had a bit on the top. Um, so that's why the window is smaller coming around the, when it goes onto the back to fit into the existing opening. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, it seems to me that um, the, uh, the, 
as you pointed out yourself, this is what we're considering here is just whether two windows on this uh, uh, building, protected building, um, can be moved. Uh, there's been no objection from the conservation officers, so I see that, that uh, as far as I can see, we should uh, accept that and uh, grant the application without any further discussion, frankly. Can I have a seconder for that, Councillor Salmon? Anybody else wish to, to comment on the windows? I will go to the vo vote. Um, it's our application be approved for the for moving two windows from one wall to the next. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. No, no oh, not sorry. unanimous. Those against? You, one, well, oh, you're abstaining. I, I beg your pardon. Right. Yes. So it was 2, 4, 11. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 4, 1, abstention. Okay, we now go to the listed buildings consent with regards to the windows. Could I have a proposer and seconder for that, please? Councillor Ranger, Councillor Eden. Anybody wish to? This is just listed building, it's the technical bit. All those in favour, please show. Um, again, again, say 11 1. 1. Now we get on to the UTT 141898 full which is for a new dwelling next door to Green Farm Cottage. And Mr Mills, you're going to take us through this again. Thank you, Chairman. Um, OK, so I see the same, well, slightly blurrier, blurrier image than the last one. Um, there you go. Um, so, yep, application site, same again. Um, it's within development limits, which is important to note with this application for a new dwelling. Um, so a new dwelling is proposed to the side of 275, or Green Farm Cottage, in this location here. And, oh, okay, these aren't the best images. Okay, that's possibly the best one. It's obviously a bit smaller, but at least it's clear. Um, so you've got the new dwelling that would sit to the side of the existing dwelling. In the street scene, this is it here, the new one. So that's Green Farm Cottage. And then here is a pair of semi-detached houses that are existing next door. Um, so the applications for planning permission to write the dwelling with associated um, parking to the front, just off Birchanger Lane. In terms of consultation responses, we've had no objection from... Essex County Council Highways, subject to appropriate conditions. There's been no objection from um, Essex County Council Ecology as well. Um, conservation Officer raises no objection. And the Access and Equalities Officer is happy that the proposed layout meets the requirements of the SPD on accessibility. It's considered that the, the existing street scene has quite a varied appearance and with that in mind the new dwelling would not look out of keeping. Um, also in, it's in close proximity to the Grade 2 listed building Green Farm Cottage but it's considered that none of the special characteristics of the listed building would be affected and that given the varied street scene the setting would not be unduly harmed. The proposed parking provision, which is two spaces at the front of the property, just here, uh, 
in terms of street scene, similar to what's surrounding um, and also in accordance with parking standards, so two spaces of the required size for a three-bedroom property, so in accordance with standards. The, um, it's accepted that there would be some loss of daylight to the, um, well, to both sides, actually. Um, obviously, the decision that's just been made is pertinent to, to indicate that with the windows that would be moved at Green Farm Cottage, there would be no overshadowing of habitable rooms, uh, and we would tie those together with a condition. Um, to the other side, the semi-detached dwellings here, uh, there, would, there is a, a small obscure glazed window on the side there that would be overshadowed. However, it's considered that that wouldn't significantly harm the living conditions of those residents, given that it's not a, a large window relied upon for um, natural lights. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, with all those things considered, the application is recommended for approval. Thank you. Now we have some speakers on this one, and the first one is an objector, Leslie Robbins. If you'd like to come up, thank you. My husband and I are the owners of Grade 2 listed old cottage directly opposite the proposed new dwelling in Green Farms, Kirtledge. Old cottage is very dark. Having a house built directly opposite us will block out, our large, uh, out a large amount of what little natural light we currently receive, therefore depriving us of our right to light. Three of our bedrooms and three of our living room spaces will be directly overlooked by the proposed new dwelling. Each of these rooms has only one window in, all of which will be affected by the proposed new property, thus removing any form of privacy we currently have. A large part of our garden will also be completely overlooked, again adding to our loss of privacy. The planning application states that the dwelling may well become a four-bedroom rather than a three-bedroom property. If this is the case, the current application for two parking spaces is insufficient. The lane is under considerable strain. The public parking capacity is already exhausted. Further cars can only add to the congestion. The proposed site is at one of the narrowest parts of Birchhanger Lane, Vehicles frequently have to carefully manoeuvre to enable oncoming traffic to pass. Several of the curbstones along this part of the lane have been dislodged for just these reasons. To allow a driveway for two cars to park and pull out in this location would be extremely dangerous for both pedestrians and other road users. Old Cottage will be adversely affected by the noise created by cars backing in and out, car doors shutting, accompanied by the <coughs> nuisance of headlights shining across and into our bedrooms and living spaces even more so in the autumn-winter months when our screening hedge becomes bare. The frontage of the proposed new dwelling will certainly have a detrimental effect not only on the setting of Green Farm and Old Cottage, but also to the street scene along this section of Birchhanger Lane. Within the main village of Birchhanger, there are seven listed buildings. Four of them are in very close proximity to the proposed new dwelling. To paraphrase Uttersford Council's listing, listed building policy, the setting of a listed building is also protected. The setting of a building may include, obviously, ancillary land, but may also include land some distance from it. It should therefore be in everyone's interest to conserve what is left of the setting, character and appearance of Birchhanger. Otherwise, the village's integrity will all too quickly be eroded by the constant request to build modern houses within it. 
If this development is allowed to go ahead, then there seems no reason why other building applications should not be allowed within the curtilages of both listed and non-listed buildings, thus continuing the damage done to the balance, character and heritage of Birchhanger. Please allow future generations to inhabit a rural Birchhanger rather than a village with houses shoehorned into every space, no matter how small. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now we also have... um the Parish Council, Maria Davy, was coming, but unfortunately she has been called away on business. So, Councillor Godwin, you're going to read the statement from the Parish Council. Uh, Councillor Godwin is on Birchhanger Parish Council, but she had nothing to do with the application when it came in front of the committee. Yes, as I said before, I wasn't present at the meeting when this was discussed. Um, the, it's comments from Birchhanger Parish Council regards the pro, regarding the proposed new dwelling adjacent to 279 Birchhanger Lane. Birchhanger Parish Council has several objections to this application. In addition to representations from residents regarding this application, we have also taken into account the parish plan in which residents have expressed that they wish to preserve the existing rural character of Birchhanger and to both preserve and protect buildings of historical or architectural interest in the village. We also note that the listed buildings within Birchhanger all have their own setting, generally away from other buildings, and it is this openness that both protects and enhances their character. The proposed new dwelling appears both wider and taller than Green Farm, a listed building in an attractive setting. Based on the plans, the side walls of the two buildings will be only two metres apart, and this excludes the proposed external chimney stack, which will be closer still. This will undoubtedly have an adverse effect on the setting of Green Farm, made worse by the proposed hard standing for cars at the front of the new dwelling. On the other side, the amenity of 281 Birchhanger Lane will be significantly affected by the proposed building, with a full height side wall just two to three metres away. The loss of daylight to this small property is not acceptable as it harms the living conditions of the neighbours. Removing the existing hedging and infilling one of the few remaining gaps in the street scene is harmful to the rural character of the village, which Birchhanger residents wish to retain. It will also affect the setting and cause overlooking of the listed building across the road. The impact of the additional traffic and requirement for parking, although seemingly minimal, should not be underestimated. It is already quite a significant problem in this part of Birchhanger. A number of houses have no off-street parking, and some of the smaller cottages have only one space but two cars. Some off-road parking is available adjacent to Village Green, but this is frequently full. There is no option but to park on the road and sometimes partly on the pavement. Vehicles often need to mount the pavement to allow traffic to pass. This is not safe for pedestrians and additionally results in broken curbstones. Visitors and delivery or service vehicles have to park on the road. Um, 
um, and so often some distance from the houses they are visiting. The footpath width along this stretch of Birchhanger Lane is generally less than the one metre shown on the, plane, on the plans. We query whether this in, impacts the highway's recommendation for a 1.5 by 1.5 metre pedestrian visibility display. In summary, Birchhanger Parish Council objects to the proposed dwelling on several grounds. The most important being overdevelopment resulting in harm to the setting of two listed buildings and to the living conditions of 281 and a significant exacerbation of existing parking and traffic problems in this part of the village. Thank you. And now we have the agent, Mr. Uh, Ian Abrams, who wishes to speak. Good afternoon. I was commissioned by the applicant, April Farr, to design a three-bedroom detached cottage. The site is located on the land adjacent to the Grade 2 listed building, Green Farm Cottage. As noted in your officer's report, the new dwelling has been recommended for approval. The proposed house has the support of your conservation officer, who states the design of the house is in keeping with a local vernacular. She goes on to state the surrounding area is developed with a number of detached and semi-detached houses and the proposed dwelling would not cause significant harm to the Cessna Green Cottage. The width of the proposed dwelling is approximately 400 millimetres wider than that of Green Farm Cottage and the ridge heights, as you can see from the drawings, are in fact the same as Green Farm Cottage. The appraisal prepared by the case officer states the house would appear compatible with the existing street scene. Two off-street parking spaces are proposed that accords with the council's adopted parking standards for a three-bedroom dwelling, not a four-bedroom dwelling. No adverse comments were received from highways. The proposed new house complies with the requirements of this design guide in terms of amenity space and provides nearly double the recommended proposed amount of rear garden space. The design also complies with the council's requirements for lifetime homes. <coughs> Consideration was paid during the design to the possible ov of overlooking of adjacent properties. There are no first floor windows to either side of the ele proposed elevations to cause overlooking the properties. To, to the left or right of the, of the proposed cottage. The rear first floor windows do face the side elevation of number 277, as you saw on the site plan. But as previously stated, it is approximately 25 metres away. However, I also believe the first floor window to that property is in fact a landing and should not, is not uh, considered as a habitable room, a habitable room, and I do not therefore believe it is a material consideration of this plan application. It is acknowledged there would be some loss of daylight to the dining room of 281. However, a small ground floor side window, I believe, to the property is secondary to the space and as such carries little weight to the harm caused, as noted in your officer's report. Members of the committee, for all these reasons set out in the supporting application, those I have just mentioned, I would ask for your support and grant plan permission for the proposed three-bedroom cottage. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Could you just turn the... Thank you. Could I, before we go on, could you tell me the distance between, um, I think it's Old Cottage and the new build across the road, please? It's approximately 15 metres. 
15, yeah. But I mean, t I mentioned the 25 metre back to back distances earlier. However, what we're talking about here is a front to front relationship, which is very different. And you'd expect some degree, you've got existing houses here that already have a view of that cottage from a similar distance. So, um, you know, you do expect that there's going to be a shorter distance at the front of houses. It's the rear privacy is more important, as explained in the Essex Design Guide. Can I just ask, uh, Mr Mills, what is the distance between the front entrance to 281 and Green Cot uh, Old Cottage? Uh, that's also 15 metres, or just about 15.2 by the looks of things. Just to come back. Oh, that's all you wanted to know. Okay. Uh, Councillor Govan. Well, this is, this is a very difficult one for Birchanger because the actual design of the proposed dwelling is, um, I think, good in that it considers those with disability and, and, and things like that. But it's just placed in a part of Birchanger Lane which is far too crowded and is suffering already very badly. It's one of the hot spots where I got a lot of trouble. There's damage to cars. The buses every so often have a bit of a fit and refuse to go come to Birchanger anymore because they can't get through because of parked cars. And it is a very much a hot spot. Now, contrary to what the parish council has said, the village green where the cars are parked afterwards it is the whole of that area where the cars park. And there's also a farm access which the cars block. This is because the cars have to park there and the parish council doesn't want to but has to t turn a blind eye to the parking because there are seven houses in the immediate vicinity who have no parking of their own. And this includes the house at the rear, number 279, his, who and 277 were both built as farm workers' cottages uh, for Green Farm. Um, originally, their access and egress was through Green Farm, but when it became less farm and more residential, the four farm cottages as they were were split into two and the gap closed up and the only way out was through the kind offices of the garden at number 281 and that has it used to be through the garden over the years as fence and the path have developed so which means that the proposed building is very very close to the boundary with 281 and is a source of concern I think to all because it will be not only for the path users it will be a very dark and overbearing entrance with a house on the side. Comments have been that it is only a small window which will be overlooked but the, it is going to be a two-story house and the whole side of that property will, 281 will be very badly overlooked. 
and I, I think what, what is, is not acceptable for the listed building is equally not acceptable to the house which is already there. Um, this is, I think, nearly all that I have to say at this point, but uh, you saw on, the, uh, on your visit today that the village green was fairly well parked on. In the evenings and weekends, the cars um, stretch right the way down the road, well beyond that, to near the, close to the club field. Um, cars parking on the pavement because they have to, um, but that, that again has caused the pavement to subside. It really is it's full of very nice houses, but it is a very, very difficult place to live already. Do you wish to make any comment about the parking at this particular yeah. point, and then I'll bring What I would say is there is, and we experienced it today, obviously, and I also appreciate that's probably a smaller version of what you would normally get, because we were there in the, in, the, in the middle of the morning. But it is not for this application to sort that problem out. It is... I have a term, it needs, to, it needs to wash its own face as a proposal. And this proposal has a development, has an adequate car parking spaces for itself. There is obviously a parking problem within the village, but it is not, this would not be contributing to it because it would actually have its own parking. I think members need to be mindful of the fact it is not for this particular proposal to solve existing problems within the village. Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Um, the, list, the host listed building um, and old cottage attract no adverse comment from the conservation officer and although the report doesn't um, note the reasons for it, for them being listed, um, one assumes that she is happy, otherwise she would have said otherwise. The um, there is no direct sunlight into 281 because you know it, that wall faces more or less north. So, and, and it's obscure glazing on that window, so I can't see that there is a real issue there from that point of view. Um, I, I, as Mr. Brown's already said, this, this, using his term, it washes its face. It, it ticks all the boxes that we need anything to tick. To tick. So. Um, I, I, I really would uh, recommend that uh, we accept the recommendation for approval. You are proposing that. Do I have a seconder for that? Well, Councillor Hicks, you, wish, you were next chairman. on the list. It seems to me that uh, the development uh, fits in very well with the street scene and uh, while I accept what everything Councillor Godwin says about the local problems for parking and uh, uh, where cars can go at the same time that's not the problem of this application and this development and to me adequate parking space has been provided by the application for this building and uh, I, I see no reason to refuse it so I second the motion Councillor Kant Thank you Chairman I think the sort of conditions that Councillor Godwin has described at Birchhanger um, could very well apply to virtually every village in Uttlesford. And you came to Stebbing this morning, and at times I can't get out of my house, but I'm told that that is not the problem of the new development. It's pre-existing, and so 
Uh, it does seem to me that this plot, if you think of some of the plots, for instance, the one we went to this morning, then this one is a spacious plot for um, an infill house to be built. Um, and I think in, in, from the rest of the development, it would not be out of character with the development around here. Um, my concern is that looking at the floor maps, um, although I, I struggle to see the names, although I can see the squares, that it does seem to me that what one could be looking at, I know someone said, I think the applicant said it was spacious landing, but looking at that, it does seem to me that it could so easily be a four-bedroom house. And I do hope that what we're doing is not actually giving something that could very easily be a four-bedroom house with only two parking spaces. So I, I would like some, um, some sort of reassurance, really, that what we are providing here is a three-bedroom house, that the parking is not adequate for Birchanger, but is statutorily what, is, what needs to be provided. And I think the distances, I know again when a house was built opposite me, it was 15 metres window to window and, and, or door to door or something. And I was told that that was, again, the statutory distance and, and therefore nothing could be done about it. But I, I would like some reassurance on the floor plan of the house. Yeah, okay. I, I can completely understand. You can't read that very clearly uh, on the plan there. I will just explain for you. Okay, so the first floor plan, there you go, you can see the pointer there. You've got the master bedroom there, uh, bedroom two, bedroom three. That there is the master ensuite, and then that's a family bathroom. So you've got three spacious bedrooms upstairs. Uh, this reference that there has been to potentially four bedrooms. I have covered it in the report as well. What you've got here downstairs, you have a study there. And, you know, often it might be argued that, you know, just labelling something study doesn't make it something that couldn't be used as a bedroom. However, the decision or the judgment was made that with that being a downstairs room, you know, it's most likely it's a three-bedroomed property is what we're looking at here, albeit with spacious bedrooms, but it is a, a three-bedroom property. But that's, that's what all those labels are. And then you have the kitchen, kitchen diner at the back there and then the lounge there as well. So I hope that clarifies things there. So it, it's been taken to be a three-bedroom <coughs> dwelling and for that reason two parking spaces are required and that's what's been provided in the application. Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I note it's a full application and if we approve it as it is, we approve a three-bedroom house. Uh, this can't be altered unless planning permission is resought. As far as the, the light is concerned, on two aspects, I, I was initially concerned, but I think my fears have been allayed now because looking at the, the ground plan, if we could, please. Um, look. Yeah. Now, if you look at number... Oh, it's in fact cottage, isn't it? Green... Green Farm Cottage, 278. That plot, the width of that plot, is greater, apart from the one right on the end, of any other building on that side of the road. 
Um, even greater than 285, which also has a big rear gun. Therefore, the infill on that one would have been much more difficult to conceive. But as that one is, is um, it has adequate space. Initially, I was worried it was cramped, but then I looked above that to 273A and 273, and the houses beyond, upwards, they're all pretty tightly closed together, aren't they? So my fears are to somewhat allayed, and I would support recommendation. Right, I had Councillor Lachlan. It's just a question, um, something that Councillor Easton said. Uh, supposing somebody's ancient granny becomes sick and needs to move into the house, you could use that study as a bedroom without permission, couldn't you? Yes, you could, but I think the engine granary probably wouldn't drive a car for tyre. But, I, but I'm going, I was going to ask the officers to clarify that. <laughs> Sorry, I just, you don't need planning permission, do you, to turn something into a I mean, the, the bottom line is, I mean, as, as, as I think as Luke said, because it's on the ground floor, it wouldn't be... If it, you've got to get in the scenario of if it was sold on. Like, for instance, if you saw a study on the first floor and there was three bedrooms and a study, that's a four-bedroom, because when it gets sold, it will be sold as a four-bedroom dwelling. That's the house that I live in. I live in a three-bedroom house with a study. That's a four-bedroom house when it gets to be sold. And so, but downstairs, it's a study. It could be a dying room. It could be whatever you want it to be. But you're right. If you're in your scenario, you could, it could be used as a, a bedroom, um, and, but that's a scenario whereby I don't think it would contribute to the, to the parking issue anyway. So I still think you're safe in terms of it being... But we've got no control over that study becoming a bedroom. I think that's... I think members. Well done. You, you, I was just about to ask them to. to yes. Uh, Councillor Mannell. Sorry, Chairman. Perhaps it's been said already, but I mean, we are exacerbating a, a very problematic local situation, as Councillor Godwin has pointed out. Is there any way that you can have access and exit through, through that lane at the side of Green Farmhouse, or has that been covered? We have to go with what is on the application that has not been offered. Um, and, and as the officers have pointed out to us, we, and as Councillor Count referred to, problems that are there already are not... You can't ask another developer to solve the problems already. Am I correct in my summary yeah, of that? It's, it's, it's a different... And Councillor Count referred to it. She has a problem in her own area. We all, most villages have a problem like this. You cannot, um, there, there is adequate parking given with this application for a three bedroom house. It meets our standards. Right. On that note, I see no other hands up. It has been proposed and seconded for approval as per the officer's recommendation. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those against? One, two, three. Any abstentions? Two. Abstentions. The application is passed. Right. The next one. Councillor Goblin, yes. Uh, I didn't ask before, but can I ask for some conditions now on no, the you development? Should, you should have done it before, Elizabeth. Um, just because it. There, there has been a grass snake found in the, in the vicinity, 
and I think I that think looks looking at. And uh, the question came <coughs> close with Councillor Minnell, who uh, could be, the, there's the issue now of contractors' vehicles parking in the lane. I think those are po covered on conditions, but let me just check. Because it's very much a residential area. Mm. Yeah, no, and I think also, um, we, it, there could be, uh, the contractors' vehicles do go on that side lane to yeah. Green Farm. We, we, you, we, we've passed it, so we can't put any those conditions on, but I think that it's actually covered in the report. Let me just see. It's covered. In terms of the snakes, I mean, all, all we could do at the time was assess the site and consult with Essex County Council Ecology. Uh, they raised an objection. Um, if there's any sort of protected species that is then later found on a site, there is separate legislation to cover that protection anyway. Um, you know, what we have to do when dealing with the application is assess if there is, you know, if it's likely that there's going to be harm caused by the development to a protected species and therefore take appropriate action. Um, however, you know, we did what we could at the time based on the information in front of us and, and the site visit and there appeared to be no issues. Um, so if something later comes up, you know, as I say, with, with that kind of uh, issue, there is separate statutory protection um, that, that kicks in anyway, so that there shouldn't be any harm from that. And hours of construction. Construction traffic is would not be something. Well, we could have looked at that in terms of a potential condition. If, if members, you know, like we did that earlier on in, in the site in, in Stebbing where we felt that there was potential, you know, if there was any conflict issue. Obviously, we can't do that now. But in terms of construction traffic, that would not normally would what we would consider regarding the planning application and residents. I mean, the, pro, the construction traffic will still be using the public highway, still be using the rights of access if they've got the rights of access, and we, we normally would not have any control over that anyhow, to be quite honest. That's a, well, on the hours of work issue, there, is, there would be um, an info, there would be an informative the environmental health felt that basically links it to our, we've got a, an environmental development policy which is done a joint policy done between environmental health and planning, which is an which is an avoidance policy. It actually, if you if you carry out in this way, you won't have any problems with environmental health in terms of in terms of. Um, Causing any nuisances and such. So again, you would not normally see conditions in terms of in terms of uh, hours of work. What we do do, though, is that we give our we have a best guide, best practice guide for developers, yeah. which automatically goes to all developers, and it's very much listed in that. So um, you know, this is this is a document that goes out with planning permissions, is it not? Am I not correct? It's referred to through informatives, and I think yep. you know, yep. although that that is all in yeah. there. Sorry, it says if you will do this, it avoids problems. And so it's not an enforcement issue, it's a prevention issue, which is always the best way forward. It has worked in some of the bigger sites, Elizabeth, I promise you. Right, the next um, application is UTT 142101 Takeley. Uh, Mr. Brown, you're going to take this. Uh, 
Thank you, Chairman. I'll be very brief on this one. Um, this is an application for a, a, a forward extension on the south extension of the, of the Western Business Centre. Um, it is actually, if I get this right, it's this location down here, whereby it's currently, um, if I can actually show the existing elevation, that's probably the best one, it's this elevation here. Currently, you have a windows on that particular elevation there. The proposal is to actually bring it slightly forward, uh, but only single storey. At the moment, it's two storey, but to bring a single storey extension with no windows slightly out on that particular proposal, it would not cause any problems to adjoining properties. And to be honest with you, you wouldn't even notice it in terms of the extension, in terms of it. So the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. The reason I asked for this to come because when the building actually went up, there was a lot of concern by the properties that front the, the side here. Um, in fact, this is better because they will have no, no, no windows showing on it. So I'm quite happy now that this will be all right. There is a footpath plus quite long gardens, and I think the separation is about 22 or no, 40 something. Yeah, it's quite a distance. Uh, sorry, beg your pardon. It's. 34 metres, yes. so there is the, the, the um, it's happy. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with it now. Councillor Davy, and it's seconded by Councillor Perry. Right? Any anybody wish to raise anything? I will go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. It's unanimous. Okay, fine. Next one is UTT142383, Great Chesterford, Mrs. Shoesmith. Thank you, Chairman. Um, since the writing of the report, um, it should be noted that the Parish Council have responded um, to the application. Um, they support the application and raise no objection. The... Sorry, I thought I'd amended these. The application site is located off the cul-de-sac uh, southeast of Ash Green in Great Chesterford. Um, the applications for a single-storey extensions to the rear, uh, uh, which would comprise a utility and garden store, also single-storey extension to the existing garage. Um, so if I show you that, that's the rear elevation. A portion of this will extend... Um, 3.3 metres deep and 3.4 metres in height, so it will be no higher than the existing here. And the garage will be brought forward uh, by 1.3 metres, uh, with the roof being consistent with what's there at the moment. So, effectively, that's what um, you will see. Um, the projection from the rear extension here... Um, that's con continuing the flank wall of the ground floor single storey and the front of the garage being extended further forward. Um, no objection is raised in terms of impact on amenity or design, therefore it's been recommended for approval subject to conditions. Councillor Perry. So propose the application. Do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Mennell. Do you wish to speak? Uh, Councillor Easton. Can, do, do we know the purpose of the extension? 
it's nothing. It's none of our business. I'm afraid oh. to tell you. Um, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> people put in planning applications. They dog. don't have to tell us why. You don't have to describe what the extension is to be used for. Is what I'm saying. Well, you does. It's currently, it's a Councillor Eastham, if you read your report, it's to extend the garage and it's to make a utility room. I think that explains it, doesn't it? So, uh, Councillor Ranger. Ah, that's the drawing I wanted to see. The only observation I have is that someone might be sorry they've got an up and over door so close to the front door. (laughs) Well, it might be one of those that looks like an open door. That's fine. Right. That's what I wanted to see. Thank you. Okay. Yes, it has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. Thank you. Next one is UTT 142487 from Walden. Mrs. Smith, you're going to take us through that one. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Chairman. Um, right. Um, the application before us... Um, da, 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 da. Planning permission was granted for the demolition of an existing conservatory and the enlargement of the dwelling to utilise the loft space back in June. This application is for a non-material amendment um, which seeks for the widening of um, one ground floor window and uh, one first floor window on the front elevation. So that... That is what was granted at the moment. So it's this window here and this window here which is proposed to be enlarged. Um, It's considered that that is a minor amendment. Uh, No impact um, is considered from that um, which would impact upon the neighbouring occupiers. Therefore, recommendation of approval. It looks like it balances the building up much better with regard to the windows. Councillor Easton. Had the... uh the applicant not being an employee, it would have been an officer decision, surely. Yeah. Uh, can I have a proposed, seconded by Councillor Perry? All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Thank you. And the next one is also Saffron Walden, uh, 142112. Ah, <laughs> oh, Manuel's going to come and do it. Right, okay. I'm afraid all the names have um, changed because Madeline is ill, so that's why I'm getting a little confused because they were all different names when I did my briefing. Thank you, Chair. This this is Council's own application, uh, the Council building where we are now sitting. And... uh, it's a listed building, but the part of the application we are looking at, it should be at the, towards the modern part of this particular building. The purpose is to uh, replace one of the windows with the modern extension with French doors and two other windows with similar alternatives. These changes will be some distance away from the historical part of the listed building and will not diminish the special character and historical interest. The modest changes will provide additional emergency escape and improve the integrity of the windows in question. These are the windows that will have to be replaced. At the moment, my colleagues in the Human Resources uh, Office are those co-occupying it, and they are complaining that room can be very, very cold. And part of the advantage or benefit of this proposal is to make it look warmer for them uh, without causing damage to the character of the building. 
On balance, we felt that the application is acceptable and recommended for approval, subject to the appropriate conditions. Thank you very much. There they are. It's one of the coldest rooms in the building. Okay. Councillor Davy. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Mernel. Yes, I don't. It's, it's around the back, as you know, from over here. Okay, it has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. Right, that concludes the, um, the planning applications for today. We have the appeal decisions. Um, any comments on those? There is one that I noted, Hollyhock Cottage. I think Councillor Davy referred to it last time. Hollyhock Cottage was the only one that was allowed and it was for replacement, replacement windows in a listed building. The others were dismissed. No comments? Right, the um, agenda item six, planning agreements. Well, of course, these change day to day, but anybody wish to raise any issues on the agreements? <coughs> No. Right. Um, I have no other business, but thank you all very much. It has been a long day, and I close the meeting at 5.30. Thank you. We're not broadcasting at the moment, but you can use the stream to test the audio on the